ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. I am your host, Carl Duty. Welcome to the Devil's Due. Forgetting how to do this because it's been so long since we've been here in the courthouse. But with me, as always, is the man who has now made it his life's mission to beat Budweiser to Mars, Mr. Drew Celestino. Anything I can do to beat Budweiser, I will do. Have you heard what they're doing? No. Budweiser has said they want to be the first beer on Mars. So on the next uh, supply mission or whatever to the International Space Station, um, they are sending up a package of hops seeds. I see. To be kept for when a trip to Mars is made so that they can make beer. So they can own... It's, it's, it's not enough for them to buy up entire fields of, of land in South Africa so yeah. that they can take over hop production so that everyone else can't have them. They have to do it on Mars, too. It is the red planet, and one of their primary like you know team colors, quote-unquote, is red. So, I mean, yeah. I guess it yeah. makes sense. I'm glad they, I was... They might, they might have a... I wonder if they'll have a race with Coca-Cola. Did this happen while I was away? This happened like your yesterday or the day before. Oh, okay. So, I was going to say, I, I, I'd rather be away. It's, it's something I heard on another podcast. I'm like, hmm, that'll make a nice little intro. Sure. So here we are. We are back yes. again. May not seem so long for the listener because they only had like one week, week without off. a show. Yeah. We have not recorded an episode in... Th- three weeks well, it's like riding a bike we'll we'll yeah we'll get we'll, through uh, this we'll find it because we had our, our banked episode two weeks ago with mr J. Gelsomino, and last week i i experimented with facebook live and ah. did a quick little q a and how'd that go that worked out all right you know we had some of the show regulars and whatnot pop on okay did yeah. you do that on a whim or did you announce it first i did it on a you know what i thought about it i meant to announce it but like life found a way as it does. to give me the time where I was planning on doing it and I hadn't like announced it yet. I know one thing we're coming up obviously in the holidays and New Year one one thing I definitely myself need to get better at is our social media presence. Ah. Need to be tweeting more, need to be Facebook posting more. You You're know. the friendly one, so you gotta do that stuff. Well, you know, you can help out too. I, I do quite a bit. You could help out too. So, I, I mean, you know, I'm also the tech arm of the of the operation here. So, yeah. Well, how much would you say you do here? Because like ten minutes after I leave, the show's posted. No, 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 no. Maybe the next morning, but uh, there's work to be done. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see about all this business. I'm just saying the people. Despite what you may think, people want to hear your voice. I don't as think much they, they do. <laughs> I find uh, I find as I get older, I think less and less people want to hear what I have to say. No. But no. I, the less they're subjected to me, the better. I should have stayed in Thailand. But <laughs> anyway, so here we are back again, uh, starting out with the opening statements, and I'm just gonna sit here because I'm guessing this is going to be a lengthy one. Oh dear, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing, <laughs> folks, it's gonna be a long show. Buckle up, you sit tight. That. You don't know that. We're going to have a good time today. Uh, so, Drew. <laughs> yeah. How was Thailand? Thailand was amazing, man. Um, where do I even begin? Um, I'll begin with uh, something show topical. Okay. Okay. I believe I brought this up uh, in, in chat with with you guys. Um, 
So, Street Fighter has led me to believe that Sagat is a seven foot tall Thai man. Yes. That's a lie. <laughs> I know because I've been there and no one's clearing 5'10 in that country. <laughs> okay. There so- are exceptions to the rule. <laughs> I was Every- practically tall there, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Felt good, didn't it? It like, did. I'm like, is this what it's like for everyone else back in America? They're like me. <laughs> it's a whole country of me. I kind of <laughs> liked it. Um, so yeah, that uh, every- everyone else in Street Fighter plausible. Sagat, no, that. No. So you're saying Dalsam and Blanca are yes. more plausible yes. than Sagat? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. I'm just saying there are exceptions. <laughs> Not that I saw. <laughs> the population of China is not renowned for their height, yet they've they gave us Yao Ming. Uh it's you know I, it's funny you should say that because there was a lot of Chinese tourists uh, that I encountered in my travels, and yes. um, there there there's some tall folks there. Okay, all right. Um, it's some there's something in the water up there now. I don't know what's going on. Um, anyway, Thailand was absolutely incredible. Um, Bangkok, eh, not so much. Um, you could do that in a day. Hit the big sites, the bit which which are beautiful, by the way. The, yeah. the the Grand Palace and the Wat Po Temple are absolutely gorgeous, and we did a really fantastic uh, night bike uh, ride through Bangkok, which was really cool because you get to you get to get off the main roads and go down the back alleys, and and like their back alleys, dude. It's not like just an alley. Like there's it's it's like people get mail in these alleys. There's businesses in these alleys. Like it's a whole. It's it's hard to explain, but like it's not just like oh the dumpsters back there. No, like you go down there and like oh there's like storefronts back there. It's, hmm. it's pretty wild. So we got to see all that lit up at night and um, got around the city, and that was cool. Crossed the river, um, got on a ferry, you know, got to carry your bike on and off and stuff. It was pretty pretty wild, and it was great. But uh, by and large, though, Bangkok, yeah, it's filthy, dirty, not not good. Not a fan of Bangkok. Unfriendly, dirty. See the sights for a day. Get out of there. Uh, Kaolak, Paquette area, beach area. Yeah. Oh, dear, sir. I have never seen water so blue and so clear in all of my life and sand so white and soft. It it was mind-bending. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um. Went to the Cimalan Islands out that way. So it was an hour boat ride from Kaolak out to the Cimalan Islands. We got okay. to do some snorkeling and some beach out there. Just just gorgeous. Just beautiful. Um, all the hotels we stayed in, obviously, were great. I kind of, in in, uh, in Sir David Attenborough fashion, I, we spared no expense. <laughs> uh, you mean Richard Attenborough? Richard, whatever. <laughs> David Attenborough was the A.K. nature John guy. Hammond? Yeah, him, that guy. Uh and then Chiang Mai. Chiang Mai was actually um, our favorite city by a lot. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful city. Not like Bangkok at all. Um, smaller, friendlier, cleaner. Just all around much, much, much cooler place to be than Bangkok. Uh, kind of felt like California. You know, it, it, I can't explain California. that. California. Yeah, it's kind of like that. There were no, no dinosaur statues, but... Uh, <laughs> It just it Chiang Mai's kind of settled into the mountains. Yep. So as I'm looking over a low kind of low profile cityscape, and I look up and there's a mountain there, it's kind of like oh, it's it's kind of like California, like it's kind of like L.A. where you or you know you're looking over and like oh, there's the mountain or San Francisco, kind of the same thing. Like if you're down if you're down the hill, you look you're in this you're in a city and you look oh, there's the mountain. It just had a subtle reminder of of California to me. Um, but 
beautiful, very Western friendly, and um, just overall very just a, a, a great time in, in Chiang Mai. The highlight of the trip, obviously, uh, was the elephant uh, park that we went to. 300 acres of uh, land for uh, these elephants that have all been rescued from uh, riding and logging and street begging and, and other uh, inhumane practices that elephants are uh, engaged in over there. So we got to feed, bathe, and just generally be among them for two days, walking around, hanging out, and they're just they're just there. Like, you know, they're just they're just there. Yeah. And uh it's incredible. It's just incredible to be that close to such an animal. It really is. It's it it's I, I couldn't stop saying wow, like every time I would just, you know, walk by one and hang out with one. It's really a surreal moment, and um, it was just absolutely amazing. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm lacking words to quantify how amazing it was. Really, did did you ever at any point in your time with the the gentle giants? Yes. Um, pretend you were a snow speeder. And, <laughs> and like no, run around them with a rope. No, I have a great respect for them, so I didn't want to do anything to upset them or tease them i didn't say to actually tie them up oh and i know them. i'm just saying like you know no it, it, it was advised by our guides that you want to stay in the elephant's line of sight so don't get behind them don't mm. get too close behind them especially if they kick back you're in trouble well you're dead <laughs> yeah so you generally want to stay within their within their line of sight and um you know when they when they dude an elephant is big but by no means are they slow like they lumber, but yeah. they're so large they cover ground quickly. So yeah. when you got to get out of the way, you got to get out of the way quick, mm-hmm. very fast. Um, it, it's it was just very uh, very humbling to be in the presence of of these animals. Um, similarly, we did uh, a visit to the uh, the Tiger Kingdom, which I was assured by our guide for the day that they are uh, an ethical park. I was very concerned about that, but um, he assured us that the animals were not drugged, they were not tied down, they were not you know, hurt in any way to yeah. be there for for our entertainment, so to speak. So I took him at his word. We went to the Tiger Kingdom, and I got to pet a baby baby white tiger, and I got to uh, experience a full well. I'm not sure if it was full grown. Here's why. Okay, so when you do the tiger thing, yeah, um, you get to choose the size of tiger you'd like to see. And I'm like, well, the baby's one. So you get there's baby, small, medium, large. I'm like, well, we get to pick two with our visit today. So we're going to do the baby because the babies and they're adorable and let's do the large. We'll see the smallest and the largest. Let's do Mm. that. And they said, okay, come over here, line up on the wall. And on the wall, there is a height scale. And they said, (laughs) you must be this tall to survive this experience. You must be this tall to go into the live tiger environment. And I was, and I was just shy. And they said, you can't, you can't go into the, you can't see the large. They'll think you're prey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you I know was what? terrified. We're good with the medium then. Yes, yes. I don't. I saw a baby. I'm good. I don't need to so see we, anything. We, we saw the medium. Uh, sir, a medium tiger is gigantic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm scared to see the large tiger because the medium was huge. Its head was the size of your torso. Yep. Its paw was the size of your head. 
you're you're I saw the pictures. You're a better man than I for going in because I I like to think I have an immense respect for nature and its ability to kill me. Oh, so dude. I don't like if I'm at if I'm ever at a beach, I don't go in the ocean. Yeah. You know why? I'm no longer the alpha predator uh, in that environment. I, I understand. If I'm you know what? I don't go camping in a tent. Because there's no reason I need to give a bear an easy meal in a in a sealed package that it can easily open. And you know what? I'm not going in the jungle. I'm not going to Australia because of the things there that can easily kill me. This is a bad time to tell you that I saw a spider the size of my hand in the in, the, in our in our um, accommodations at the Elephant Nature Park. <laughs> yeah, see, that's fine. That's that you do you. In any, in any case, um, you'll notice if you see any of my pictures of me with the tigers that I have a very scared. See, it's it's I, I tepid. It's, it's twofold. It's it's a it's a it's a healthy fear, but it's also a healthy respect. And the guys that were in the cage with not cage, I mean it's it's a, yeah, it's yeah. a giant pen that they just hang around yeah. in, right? But the guys in there, it's just two guys. They're kids. They're like nineteen year old kids. Like like. You know the, the kids that work at Darien Lake are working yeah. at the Tiger Park, and well, I'm they, sure they've grown up around it. Probably, their yeah. Lives. And all they have is just a stick, and it's not like a cattle prod. It like literally just a just a, yeah. sti- a real it's, thin, like a big pencil. That's what it looked like. That's all they have, and they're just kind of like telling the tiger, like, "Hey, you know, if it gets a little unruly, they don't they don't hit it. They just kind of rub it on its hand and say, you know, hey, chill, hey, chill, and it chills, and it's like, all right, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's those two guys and me in this tiger pen, and it's like. You know they're 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 fearless, and I'm trying to be cool. And they're telling me like, no, no, pet it. It's okay. Put your head on it. Put your head on it. And like, I'm like, Ooh, I'm no, like, no, dude, no, 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 no. It's but it was more so. It was a it, you know like again a healthy fear, but also again a healthy respect. I don't yeah. want to like. I just don't want to like make this animal some kind of prop for me to pose with. You know what I mean? Like, you don't I, want to get a tiger uppercut to the face. No, th- again, there's that, but. There's also that respect factor where, like, I just feel that I don't want to, like, be the it's guy. It's not an amusement park ride that yeah. takes your picture at the right moment. Right. I mean, yeah. and, and these guys were joking and, like, taking the pictures and trying to get me to, like, act all, you know, cool with it. And it's like, I get that. But, you know, yeah. I'm I'm just, I just felt weird about it. But, again. Not your average stupid American. No. Smarter than the average no. stupid American. I, I like to think so. Um, That actually, just a quick aside, because, I, you know, we'll wrap things up here. A little bit and in a moment um uh, being over there dude and just being away from the american circus for a while was very relieving and cathartic yeah and all i could think honestly was uh, i think every american should be mandated to get off the continent yeah at once in their life just just to understand and realize that that your perspective as an American is very, very small. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big traveler myself personally, but I get there's value to that. Even if, put it this way, even if you just go, to, we take it for granted because we're from Buffalo, New York, and we share a border with, yeah. with Canada. Even if middle America just visited Toronto or Vancouver or something, just get out of your bubble a little bit and, yeah. and, and realize that there is a world out there. And, you know, they're just as valid as you or I. And, you know, it it's their lives don't like they're relying on tourism and stuff like in Thailand. That is, you know, so like they're used to they they're somewhat reliant on 
visitors. So I mean, I, I was going to say that we don't matter to them, but I, I don't want to be, you know, wrong about that. Yeah. But, but but like my point is, other places that like you know what Donald Trump is doing at every waking moment doesn't really matter. I mean, they think he's a joke too. They asked me how yeah. I felt about it, and I was like, not shy. But uh, you know what I mean? Like their day to day life, dude. It's like they don't care what's what's happening in 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 some did city and and you know did, did they kind of approach you about trump like someone might approach someone who's recently lost a family member no not like, exactly how they, are you doing they, they kind of prod just because you know they want to feel it they, yeah. they want to feel out feel me out for how they don't want to outright just say he's a joke because they don't know how i might respond yeah I, i'm guessing they have a lot yeah, of american yeah. tourists and maybe some of them are trump supporters and they don't want to like get off on the, on the wrong foot in the form yeah. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so but it, but but once i once they prodded me and i kind of let loose they all just laugh they're just like wow <laughs> yeah that's yeah, it sucks um it was cool though max I, I had a really good conversation with our one guide in chiang mai and uh, he was cool cool guy um spoke really good english also spoke german and he gets out. He gets around a lot. He's been to the states. He's been into Germany for long stretches of yeah. time. He's a professional tour guide. He goes all over the world just doing these tours for the company he works for. And he was asking me about America because he's only be- he's only visited like once. And, and you know, and I just kind of gave him my perspective on our country and the Trump stuff and mm-hmm. you know how guns and whatnot. And you know, and he's like, you know, you're the first American to really be this kind of to give me that this kind of perspective on anything. He's like, yeah. and I was just like, well, I, you know, I hope you take it for what it's worth and don't, don't, I, I, at the, I, you know, it feels like he was surprised to hear me criticize so much. At the same time, though, I, I put over like, you got to come, you got to come over here. I know every, yeah. some things I told you are weird, but it's really cool. The we we are, are cool. not the sum of our popular culture. No, I, are... I I, I kind of relate to him. Like, dude, the city's you know he has, he has an he's like my ex wife lives in San Diego. I'm like, you ever been there? And I think he said he was, but I'm not sure. I'm like, dude, San Diego is San Diego is awesome. Like, you like craft beer? San Diego is amazing. Yeah. The weather's beautiful every day. San Francisco, it's beautiful. You'll love it there. New York City, life unto itself, but it's awesome. You'd love it. So it's like I'm not, you know, I wasn't dumping on our fine nation because I don't want to dump on our fine nation. But yeah. I just I just gave him some other perspectives of things that were kind of on my mind while I was over there as an American. I made some Scottish friends. That was kind of cool. Nice. A couple different, two different groups of Scottish people. It was really strange. What are the odds? In two different cities. Um, just, just cool, cool trip, man. And somehow, don't ask me how. I don't know. The travel gods smiled upon me uh, on our way go. home. We had a 30-hour travel time. Yep. To get home, right? And half of that was a 13-hour flight from Shanghai to Toronto. 30-hour travel time, which involved time travel. In, in, indeed, it did. I went back 12 hours in time. Gotta get back in time. Back in time. Um, somehow, some way, I don't know, we were upgraded to business class on that long flight, sir. It's business class, man. He can't roll with that. I'm just going to put this out there. Okay. I'll never fly economy again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you will when you see the ticket prices for oh, business class. Yeah, yeah. I just, because I know what that ticket cost, and I don't know how the hell we got away with it, man. What was the uh, the ticket cost for the business $7, class? $7,000. <sighs> yeah. And they gave it to us. 
Wow. Don't ask me how we pulled this off. I refused. Jen had the tickets, the tickets, and she's like, "This has business class on it." And she's like, "She's all getting hyped up, like, and we're we're still hours away on yeah. our layover." She's like, "Look at this! It says business class on it. I think they upgraded us." And here's me, like, "Nah, yeah." I refused to until I was in the seat. Yep. I refused to believe it. I'm like, "We're gonna get up to the counter. They're gonna call our names and be like." There's been a mistake. See, every time I, I, I would hear a flight attendant's footsteps, I'd get nervous. Like, is this where they're coming to kick us out? Did they realize the mess up? Once we were and in, though, was, man. And that was business class. It wasn't even first No, class. no, it's the same. In, the in same this, thing? In this case, okay. it's the same thing. Um, it's like a pod. Like, I've got my own pod. And in the pod, I've got, like, this giant, almost a desk arm on my left I've got a giant monitor I can move around in front of me. Ooh. I've got a be- a chair that fully reclines into a bed. Ooh. I had a down comforter. They fluffed my pillow when we sat down. And that All is right. not a euphemism. <laughs> Could you hook your switch up to the monitor? No. Bummer. No, because it's USB-C and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh there was up. There were power outlets in my pod, so I could plug the switch right in, which I did, of course. Yeah. Um, th- Five course meal with options, mind you, for the appetizer and for the main course and for the dessert. I got to choose. Okay. It wasn't the best food, but it was pretty but good. Better in economy. Um, champagne and orange juice when I sat down, and free booze if I wanted it for the whole flight, which I didn't really partake because I got I wanted to sleep. I was trying to adjust my sleep schedule uh, on this flight. Well, that's so. when you take it, the free booze. You take it, <laughs> you know, beforehand. I was already pretty tired at that point, actually. So as soon as the as soon as we were in the air, I put the chair the I reclined the chair into bed position, zonked out for six hours. Sounds like nice. a lot when you wake up and realize you're seven hours to go on the flight. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah. Um, I beat Super Mario Odyssey on the flight. Was and that I, in that I, and I say I say beat. Loosely. How many moons? I'm up to 280-something now. How many are there total in the game? Like a 1,000. Okay. <laughs> still um, got some work to do? Still got some work to do. And uh, I will say this, though. When you do, uh, air quotes, beat the game, it opens up basically another game. So, you know, there's more to do. Uh, I do want to point out, um, I, I think th- as I get older, I'm getting much softer. But it's also a testament to the design of the game. There are portions in Super Mario Odyssey where I literally uh, welled up in tears. Okay. It has sections that just are outright celebrations of Mario. Nice. It's hard to explain, but there's like two points in particular, three actually, where it's just like this perfect storm of the gameplay, the music choice that they do, and the presentation that it's just like, look at Mario and love him. Yeah, and it's and it gets it hit me right in the feels. Man. I've, I've I've seen like scenes from where like you go in a pipe and all of a sudden you're just standard two D. Yeah, yeah, Mario. yeah. There's every uh, every level has a couple of those, but like yeah. in the one in particular, in this, in, I'll spoil it for you. It's not really a you'll you'll see, but yeah. it's not really a spoiler in the city, the New Donk City portion. Yeah. When you get to a certain point and you have enough moons and you complete the little objectives in that part, you get to this part where uh, you go into the pipe, you go into 2D mode, but it's like the Donkey Kong beams and the Donkey Kong barrels and stuff. And that song, that that Mario Odyssey jazzy song with the vocal line and all that is is kicking Mm -hmm. and you're just doing it's and it's not a it's it's not 
you, you got to jump over stuff, but it's not a yeah. challenge portion, really. It's more just like, have hey, fun. have fun and go up to this part. Yeah. And you get to the top and Donkey Kong's there and the song is the song lyrics are kicking and it's just it's just a feel good celebration of Mario. Nice. And I felt like and I'm playing and I'm like, this is beautiful. Like that's how I felt. Like this is absolutely beautiful. Nice. It really hit me and it's really hard to explain. The uh the also the ending portion, air quotes, of the game, the yeah. bo- the final final boss part before it opens up a whole new game it is. Yeah. Clever as hell. And if you are a longtime Mario player, especially, it, it once again, right in the nostalgia field. Yep. Cleverly done, rather brilliantly done, mind you. And and again, the song, the, that that yeah. music with the vocal again, man. Do it, they make you sick of the song in any? No. Point? Okay. Just, they don't kill it. No. All right. No. No. It it's great. And then and then when you do beat the game, air quotes, uh. If you're a fan of Mario 64, I have good news for you. <laughs> you're going to get swept up again with emotion when you see what they did for you. I played Mario 64. Well, this might not hit you as much, but it hit me pretty hard. Okay. So, yeah. well, just, man, well done, Nintendo. What, um, <laughs> but I'm back now. What is your game of the year, then? Is it this or Breath of the Wild? I still go with Breath of the Wild. Um, Mario is is great. Yeah. It's like one A one B. Yeah, but Mario is great. Uh, it's a joy to play, but at the same time, um, it just didn't have the same sense of of wonder. I guess that I that I got regularly with Zelda. Okay, it has great wonder in it, and it's a joy to just play the game, but. Zelda, man, I swear, every time I went over a hill and saw something new, I just was like, yeah. wow. And every time I thought I was making real progress, I realized how much further I had to go. And it, yeah, it, so anyway. You, you know what game I feel sorry for? Horizon Zero Dawn. We said this when it came out, like, it got overshadowed immediately. Well, not just that, because any other year, yeah. that game is game of the year. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. No contest. I know. But it gets released... Either the same week... I think it was the same week as Zelda. The same week as Zelda. Yeah. So it's got that against it. And, like, you can simply say Horizon Zero Dawn is a much prettier, but not as in-depth Breath of the Wild. It's more realistic in terms of graphical yeah. presentation, but, it, you know... It, and... And they're similar games. And, like... In a, in a lot of ways. Recently, they came out with a massive story expansion. Mm-hmm. Like, a whole... Not, like, expansion, but a whole new story to play through DLC. Yeah. Same week Mario Odyssey came oh, out. Oh, man, this game is snake-bitten. <laughs> That's like, too bad. Like, oh, man. That's, that you know, hurts. don't don't feel too bad. It did. It's, it sold a lot of copies. Yeah, so. it's, um, it's I'm back. I am back. Back um, again. It, it, it was strange actually coming home. I got in the house, dude, and it was actually... After the dogs let us have it, which, you know, they were very happy yeah. we were home, and I was happy to see them, actually. Um, I got in my kitchen, dude, and I don't know if it was just the the the, the thirty hours of travel. Although, like I said, I did get some sleep, a, a good amount of sleep in there. I got in my kitchen, dude, and I'm looking around my house, and it felt weird. Yeah, like I looked, I was just staring around. And it was it, probably longest you've been away from home. It, it really, yeah, it actually has. It was, but it was. It's hard to explain. It just I'm looking around my kitchen, and it felt smaller. It, like the, the the dimensions seemed off. It just, it was a readjustment yeah. to my home. 
It was very strange. Yeah. Very hard to explain. I I experienced that when I came home from college my freshman year. Because I, w- I went to school like right outside New York City. Oh, okay. So like the first time I came home for like Thanksgiving break, I kind of experienced that. It, yeah. It was, it was like, it was home, but not. It was just kind of off. It, I mean, I reacclimated after a day or so. Right, but. right, right. It was it was just a very surreal feeling. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I had something to say about that, about coming home. Oh, um, about just uh, some insummation, man. Uh, Thailand was absolutely amazing. And um, I would advocate anyone to go. Um, it was it's beautiful. It's very friendly, very Western friendly. It's very inexpensive, um, relatively speaking. Well, yeah. Um, it, you can you can your money can go a long way, and you won't be wanting for much. What's the exchange? Thirty baht to to the dollar, roughly, roughly. That's it's a rough uh, approximation. So. Anyway, um, I I advocate everyone go. It was it was it was just a great great experience, and I'd be happy to share my itinerary with anyone who might be curious, or you know, um, more more than happy to to help out anyone that might be curious about it. So that's that's what's up, cool. man. Since I got back, oh well, I guess you know we're going to be talking about DC stuff, right? Yep. I watched two movies on the plane. I watched The Founder. With Michael Keaton, once our once and, and eternal Batman. That's a really, really good movie. It was fantastic. Prime Keaton. Man, film. what a great movie. What a great movie the founder is, man. If you haven't seen like, that, watch it. It's it's great. You, you don't realize, because we've had it our entire lives, and because of what it is now. McDonald's? You don't realize how revolutionary it was. It really was, and uh, I didn't know any of that story yeah and um spoiler but not a spoiler man uh what a jerk you know okay wow yeah yeah Yeah. but the the guys kind of did it to themselves like they were so not involved and just didn't care and i don't like if you're if you're gonna be like that then you kind of deserve to have it taken from Ooh, i don't know i don't just i i mean i they were they, they 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 were dragging their feet for sure, but what he pulled, honestly, eh. very unethical in my humble opinion. Um, and you know, then he stole he stole Patrick he stole Night Owl's wife. Did steal Night Owl? Batman wife. stole Night Owl's wife. <laughs> <laughs> There's some irony there. Just putting <laughs> that out there. Spoiler alert for the movie, by the way. Um, yeah. Anyway, I watched that. It was great. What a great movie. And then I watched Wonder Woman. Yep. Finally. Finally. For all that hype and all that money that it made and all the all the, I, I watched it. Yep. Eh. See, I think this is a. It was, I, it was, I said this to you when we were at theater. Let, let, let me quantify that. Let me quantify that noise I made. I think it's been kind of hype spoiled for you. It was fine. Yeah, you didn't dislike it. No. Yeah, but it you was enjoyed it. It was fine, and that's all. That's all yeah. it was. So we can can we can we can, I, I think can we I think pump some, the brakes. I think some hype spoiled might have leaked out onto it for you. I don't know, man. Like people went nuts for this movie. It made a lot of money. Yeah, that's kind of what hype spoil is. Like all if all you hear is how great something is and it's a long time before you experience it, then as much as you can try to go in without expectations, you're still somewhat tainted. By okay, but, all that hype. It was the same way with me with like the Lego movie. 
I had the same reaction to Lego Movie you had to Wonder Woman. Well, that's because you have no heart, but... I have heart, <laughs> sir, of the two of us. Of the two of us. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You were too busy playing with the uh, the USS flag to have to, to deal with the, <laughs> us pores in our Legos. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. You didn't have the Lego nostalgia I like Legos. I did. <laughs> I had Legos. I had to use my imagination and build stuff. Yeah, I didn't me like too. get like a pre-made. They didn't make them back then. Yeah, I didn't get a pre-made X-wing Lego. No, I had to make my own X-wing Lego. Yeah. And those those us foils never went into attack position because there was no way to make it happen. Um. Anyway, it, it was Wonder Woman was fine. But that's all, and I, I, I don't want to, you know, Gal Gadot is good in the role, but her character was dopey, and I thought, like, really, this is our big, iconic hero. She's really naive, and I know that's kind of part of the story point, but like, she's really naive. Yeah, I mean, that's it's like we talked about the theater the other night. It's she's been sequestered for her entire life, and that's going to breed that kind of naivete. I guess, man. Um, I, I think had you seen it when it first came out. Before like all the like post hit hype set in, you might have liked a little better. Maybe I'm not saying Maybe. you'd be like over the moon for it, but I'm saying you might have liked a little better. I just because of how you've said in the past, like once you hear at a certain point, once you keep hearing, you need to see this. You need to see this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. The wall like, gets built kinda, higher yeah, and higher. Yeah, just that's fair. Shut that's, down. That's fair. Um, I did not like the Themyscira stuff. Really, the mascara. I, it just it it, it I, I don't know it just read kind of hokey to me in presentation uh especially when she's like a little girl and she's doing the karate moves and the trainings it's like come on with this i it's, thought that was kind of their lame. culture they're, no they're bred not, as warriors from birth that's, just just the way it was presented like the, with her as a kid doing the like, you're not saying so much the content but the execution yes that okay. yes better way to put it yeah. um because as a concept, it's you know I get it and I, yeah. I I'm fine with it. But as it execute as the way it was executed, I was kind of like yeah, you know whatever. It's kind of like then, we saw the same thing in three hundred. It was a little more like believable. I wasn't, it was like, I wasn't necessarily thinking that, but I know I know what you're going for there. Yeah. Um. And then the worst part of that movie was the conclusion, the the final act. It stumbles in the, in the final act. It does. It's not. With great. with with the, with the lame old villain and the and the C, the poor CGI. Yeah. Which, which I think is kind of a thing in the, in the Warner Brothers DC movies and here. <laughs> both have villain problems when it comes to their films. So. Yeah, we'll get to, we're going to get to all that. But yeah. anyway, Wonder Woman, a fine movie. I was underwhelmed, but it's fine. It was. Yeah. I did not. I did not dislike it. I did not hate it. You, you liked it, but it's not going to go on like your top five list for the year. No. Let's put it this way: it's not in the Marvel tier. Personally, I put it in the Marvel tier. Okay, but okay again, that's just personal opinion. That's fine. Yep. Um. So yeah, that's uh. Man, we're still in the opening week segments. <laughs> <laughs> Told you it was going to be a big show. Sorry, man. We got um, lots to catch up on. We covered a lot of ground there. Yeah. Uh. So that's that's what's been up. I'm still acclimating to the world as it is. And I find myself two days back at work wishing I were still uh well obviously away. And it's not even a, a I'm it's not even a slag at my a slight at my at my job. It's just it's just getting reacclimated to kind of like life. Yep. The <laughs> so, grind. The grind, yeah. So anyway, um how have you been? <laughs> Forty five minutes later. <laughs> meanwhile, the Hall of Justice. Yeah. Carl didn't go to Thailand. Fitting. He was just kinda 
<laughs> sitting there playing Battlefield Battlefront 2. Mm. Lots of Battlefront 2. So, yeah. Um, it, you know, average weeks, whatnot. Uh, last week was Thanksgiving, so... I miss Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving being on Thursday, so there was no X-Wing night. Um, the week before that, Battlefront 2 came out. I grabbed that. This is a controversial game, Carl. Yeah, let's uh, let's go through the timeline on Battlefront 2. So, okay, right before the beta comes out, people are crazy excited about this game because EA has essentially fixed every complaint people had about the first game. There's a, there's a single-player mode, and all the DLC is free. So people are excited. People are, are jazzed. They're really, really hyped for this game. It looks fantastic. Like, I showed you some trailers, and even you were like, wow, that's yeah. really pretty. Um, the beta comes out. People start playing. And whereas the, the gameplay itself is a lot of fun, loot boxes. Yeah. People discover that a lot of upgrades are can be acquired through loot boxes. There's so that happens. And then it comes out that you're going to be able to purchase loot box whereas the DLC is all free mm-hmm. and you've got a lot of stuff planned. Mm-hmm. Um loot boxes you can purchase. And loot boxes are randomized items for the game, whether they be credits for the game, uh, modification parts for the game, or upgrades to either ships, characters, what have you, that you can get in the game. And it comes out that you're going to be able to, you can either purchase loot boxes with in-game currency, or you can purchase loot boxes with real money. So people, being people, uh, go ahead and lose their collective heads over loot boxes. And I get it. I get it. I get it. It wasn't as big an issue for me cuz I didn't so much like I wasn't going to buy loot boxes. I I didn't have a problem with it the way other people did because there was nothing in the loot boxes that you couldn't get through gameplay. And people are saying, oh, it's pay to win, it's pay to win. I wouldn't necessarily say it's pay to win. I think it's you're paying for advantage. Um I think that's but I think that sucks. <laughs> I'm I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a good practice. I don't agree with it, but again, I don't have the the like violent reaction people have had to this. So that comes out. And it's like People are complaining, complaining, complaining. I'm like, okay. Governments know. are looking into this. Dude. Yeah, they're looking into it now. Um, That's pretty... Here's here's my take on it. Production costs of video game have skyrocketed yeah. in the past 20 years. Yeah. AAA titles cost millions upon millions of dollars to make. Video game prices have had a $10 increase since the days of Atari. Yeah. Traditionally games were always 49.99. Yeah. Then around the I believe is PlayStation 3 generation, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, 59.99. Got the bump to 59.99. Mind you so, in the 16-bit days, the $80 cartridge was kind of a staple. 
But not standard. No, but it's... You would have one every gray once in a while. You'd have like a fantasy star for Sega Master System every once in a while. Oh, I pissed my father but off with that game. Final Fantasy 3 was a, was 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 70 bucks in, in 1994 or whatever it was. I don't remember paying that much for it. Oh, it was, man. And Killer but, Instinct, $80 game. Mortal Kombat's were pricey games. Yeah, they were, they were standard. No, um, no. <laughs> but... Largely, video games have stayed the same since their inception. Right, right, right. So, and it's a different world now. You know, these things are, these things have to make a profit for them to continue to be made. You know, it's kind of like, think of the movie industry. Movie industry needs to make, you know, Independence Day resurgence so it can make a whole bunch of smaller, a little more oh, I don't artistically buy that. No, integral. I don't buy that. Well, that's, that's economics. It's common sense. Um, so I, I don't mind DLC the way some people do. Like I get that companies have to monetize games now because like DLC has extended the life of games and for companies not to try and profit off of that. For me, just looking at the business side of it doesn't make sense. I don't like it. I'm not saying I like it, but I see their perspective. So the whole loot box thing happens. And then closer to release, it comes out that the hero characters in the game are not all unlocked when you purchase the game. They always have been in in the previous Battlefield games. Okay. You have to unlock them with the credits, the in-game credits you earn through gameplay. Okay. Which, okay, Fine, you want to do that? Um, yeah, at the start, the like the big characters that you'd want to get, like Luke and Darth Vader, sure, are sixty thousand credits. Okay, so and break that down for me. They someone broke it down. On average, we're not talking like professional player. We're not talking novice. Average player would take them forty hours of gameplay to earn enough credits to unlock one of these characters. <laughs> this was. My personal, you know, a bridge too far. You see at the blackjack table, the dealer goes away on the break. They clap their hands. They show them they they're walking away. I was like, you know what? That's too much that I'm I'm not getting this game. Obviously, as you you probably heard, the most downvoted Reddit comment in history was EA's response to this. Yeah, it's Reddit for you, but EA is vile, so I'm okay with it. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, well, we want to give players a sense of accomplishment. No, no. No, no, no. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Can I purchase the hero characters with real money? No. No. You can purchase loot boxes with which may... The loot boxes I could purchase. The loot boxes will not give you the hero characters per se. Yes. They loot boxes usually come with credits. So indirectly, but indirectly, it's a yes. minuscule amount that come in the the it's like uh, 125 okay. 100 something like that. If you get a duplicate card in the loot boxes, it gives you 200 credits. So theoretically though, you could pay to boost yourself to get the hero characters. Hypothetically. You could pay a lot. Okay. Yeah. So, strike one. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. Yes. It's going to cost you more than buying, like... Okay. But... A, potentially a new video game system, So, but, my options are I sink 40 hours in per character, av- right. average. Right. Or I just pony up. 
Yep. Yeah, I can see how people got mad yeah. about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even <laughs> even I was like, I'm done. I'm done. In the same day, EA came out and said, yeah, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're knocking that price down. They discounted it by 75%. So the top tier characters were 15,000 credits. So I did that okay. my first night of playing. Okay. That's yep. a little more reasonable. Yep. Uh, so then that happened, but the damage had kind of already been done from everything. So is the game sunk already? The game, I don't want to say the game is sunk, but the game is not what it would have been. Had there not been controversy. Exactly. That's a shame. Now, all this controversy aside, let's just talk about the game itself. Yeah. The game is crazy fun. Okay. It's, it's in very much in the same way as the the previous Battlefield game, is that if you are looking for a AAA hardcore first-person shooter, this is not the game for you. Okay. If you're looking for a fun shooter that's also an amazing Star Wars experience, this is your game. All right. It's insanely fun to play. There are some drawbacks to it. There are some things I'm not crazy about because the initial progression system is kind of all based around uh the loot crates progression through standard game play is a bit of a slog now also i will say the ea stopped the loot crate purchase with real money they took that like the day before release they took that out (laughs) okay yeah so but because the initial system is based around that upgrades and whatnot it's, it's kind of a slog um the single player game is is cool so far i'm digging the story um i mean visually the game is second to none um it's just unfortunate that you know you have game designers and whatnot artists who worked on this game and crafted a really good game and then like a company tries to overreach um i was i was i was astonished about how how EA was able to simultaneously fix all the problems people had with the first game and then create a whole new batch of problems for the second game. Well, to um, that I would say, hello, we're EA. Yeah. How are you? So hopefully uh, this is the uh, the kick in the junk that they need to kind of readjust how they do things. But no, no. There, there, is, no. there is some fallout from this. Uh, Disney, the mouse is not happy. Okay. The oh, Mickey's pissed. <laughs> okay. Mickey's pissed. So what's he gonna do about it? Uh, there's talk that they may lose the license. Oh, I don't know. Okay. There are numerous now. I mean, this will this will. Cause I know you, there's this angry fans and change.org crap going yeah, on. Yeah, there's there's numerous but, petitions and whatnot, but no, it, reports from legitimate sources say that Disney is not happy. So. Uh, that's fine. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I just, you know. Battlefront yeah. 3, if it happens, will well, be Well, I guess, you know what? That's the ultimate concern, really. Like, what, what Disney has to take into account I, I roll my eyes because gamers are the most thin-skinned whining batch of complainers in any medium in the world i video gamers drive me nuts as they cry about everything sorry i no no i get it i get it it's they do though 
Yeah, everybody wants it to be the way it was back in like 1996. And I'm even sorry, kids folks. who weren't alive back then, yeah. don't even. They, I'm sorry, business changes. I'm not even talking about that. Like just any perceived like inaccuracy or any like it's hard. To, I don't know. Think about the oh, you know what I saw when I was away? The fan reaction to Venom's voice in Marvel vs. Capcom Three. Yeah, shut up. I saw that. I was like, just what? stop. Yeah, it's it's a fighting game, folks. That, this is this is what I'm talking about. These, these, it's, it's not like that's his voice for the Venom movie. Gamers are just this this community of like whining children. Not all of them, but unfortunately, a the whiners tend to scream amount. louder than right. the vocal minority. I wonder about that minority, but you know what I'm saying. It's just, they are the loudest, most obnoxious bunch. Of fans. Well, hang on. Actually, because they I, hang on. There is a second group <laughs> that I can't stand, and we're going to talk about them in a little while. That's how he can stand. He can't stand uh, more. But anyway, I'm I'm sorry, man. But like, if with with Disney has to take into account because of these these whining people and these like it or not in video games, these whining people vote with their wallets. Which hey, good for you. Actually, to be honest, good. For, that's that's how you get things done. Yeah, um, they the. You know, they have to take into consideration if they stick with EA for Battlefront Three, if if EA's name is on it, they people might just outright not buy it. Yeah, on principle, even if it's great. I mean, call them call them whiners, and to to a point, that's fair. Yeah, um, but there are those who ma- maturely vocalize discontent yes no no I, and right. those those com, combined with the whiners got ea to make major changes it sounds like they made the game, some major concessions multiple yeah major changes to a game before they released it and we're but, not talking about like you know this indie company that's making a game here we're no, talking the about biggest, ea yeah the biggest They're, company there is yeah um so i mean th- like you said they slashed prices and they and they got rid of uh the loot box yep thing and all that and that like those are big concessions that they had yeah. to make um, but is that enough? And I, I from what you're saying, no. And, I, and because ultimately we live in the era now where uh, any perceived slight must be met with the guillotine. So I'm, you know, I'm hoping that because the past two Battlefront games for me personally have been really enjoyable. Yeah, you dig them. I personally hope that EA gets to keep the license. Okay, but. Something tells me if EA gets to keep the license and there is a Battlefront 3, Disney's foot's going to be on EA's throat throughout the whole production of that thing. Mm. Because yeah, if there's one know. thing Disney hates above anything else, it's bad public perception. I I understand where they're coming from. They're, they'll lose you know millions of dollars. They're okay with that. The second they lose a fan... The second, you know, someone's looking at them kind of stink-eyed. Yeah. That's when they have problems. Their brand perception is everything. Yeah. I mean, pe- the mouse wants you to love them. Yep. <laughs> love the, the mouse. Mouse wants love. All right. So that was that was Battlefront. <laughs> okay. A lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Uh, Thanksgiving was good. It was good. You know, Great. we always go over to Julie's mother's house and her sister and brother come over at their families and whatnot. It's a, it's a good time. And then the... Uh, the no, it was two days after Thanksgiving. Was it Saturday? Was yes. That, yeah, it was Saturday. Saturday. My wife and I welcomed a new addition to the family. Yes, you did. No, we did not have an our child. <sighs> God, no, not doing that again. <laughs> Got a fantastic kid the first time around. No, no reason to 
to roll those dice again. We adopted a wonderful dog by the name of Diego from you, sir. Yes, you did. I'm so happy you did. As soon as you got Diego in, you messaged me and be like, yeah, I think this one's... Cause you, know, I, I, you know I, at least, was looking for a second dog. Yes, you were. Because I've always traditionally been a two-dog family. And you wanted a male dog, and I know that. I wanted a male dog um, just because, you know, Rocky's not fixed because he wasn't, he wasn't our dog originally. Right. Getting him fixed would have cost $800. Um, so we've had, you know, there, there was a moment where we would have, I was close to convincing my wife to adopt Zeus, um, when you first had him, but you know, she was still a little raw after losing foster. So that Zeus. Yeah. When you first got Zeus, I almost had Julie convinced to adopt him, but she was, she's still just like, not a sure about that yeah i know i didn't like i i didn't mention anything to you i don't recall ever putting zeus up for adoption i thought he was up for adoption. no zeus was this is, oh, is no what? no i'm so oh god i'm so sorry oh uh lucas oh lucas yeah i didn't even know you when you first got zeus i was gonna say i'm, I'm yeah. doing the timeline in my head i'm like zeus yeah no, um, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, uh, Lucas. Yeah, Lucas, I almost the had... The illustrious her. Lucas? Yeah, Lucas. Podcast <laughs> mascot. In here um, right now with his dinosaur? Yes. <laughs> How's your dinosaur, Lucas? Oh, it's good. Um, I almost had her convinced, but she, you know... That's okay. It worked out well for me, because yeah. we, we love Lucas to Lucas. death. Lucas is show mascot. So, but yeah, um, I can't... There was the... It's the No, it wasn't the last game. No, I was... I think it was the last recording we did. Yep. Where I first, mess, first yep. met Diego. And then we arranged a visit, and the visit went fantastically. And, you know, she agreed, and now he, he's, he's Diego Duty. So, how's he doing? He's doing great. That's great. Um, him and William are fast friends. That's awesome. Uh, he is cuddling like crazy with Julie. Uh huh. Which I warned you. Right on. Um,. <laughs> Yeah, both him and Rocky are, are in the bed at night. Has the uh, um, the exchange of the humps the humping slowed down? The humping stopped at the end of the first day. He was, oh, good, oh, good. Yeah. All right, it was. I was expecting I re- it was quite the uh, the scene over there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was expecting two days at least because that's kind of how it was when Foster came to live with Rocky and myself. Um, but no, it uh, Rocky established. I don't think he established dominance. But yeah, Diego didn't got, really care. <laughs> yeah, I think he got his uh, his point across. Um, so yeah, that's going good. Awesome. Yeah, we're little little accents here and there, but that's all part of the integration process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he'll so, be yeah. fine. He's he's a great little. He's a great dog. All uh, right. So just just the way you look. We call I my nickname for him is the Snow Speeder. Because he tangles up the walkers. Oh. <laughs> he kind of like... Because you got him on the tether? No, no, not the tether. Just oh. like when you're walking around the house and whatnot, he'll have a way of like cutting right in ah. front of you and like getting in between your I legs. I should have warned and, you about that. Yeah, he does yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that was that. Um, I think that, yeah, there wasn't... And then we saw Justice League on Sunday. Then we saw Justice League on Sunday. We'll get to that. Um, so, yeah, that was my week's hour later. Dear listener. Has it been that long, has it? I don't know. How long, how long are we going on that? It's an hour. <laughs> are you serious? I just checked. Oh, oh my God. Guys, it'll be a three-hour show. 
All right, because uh, we still got a list of questions, too. Bring it on, man. Dear listener. If put a you, disclaimer on this kid up front. If you want the Justice League review, you got to go to like the two-hour mark. <laughs> if you would like to tell us about your weeks, tell us we talk too much, send us some comments, anything, you can find us at the following locations. You can follow us on Twitter at DevilsDewPod. You can go to Facebook.com slash DevilsDewPod. You can email us at TheDevilsDewPod at gmail.com, or you can find all this information available to you on our website, the devil's do podcast.com. Uh, one thing I do want to say, I really want to try and do some more live streams. Okay. Uh, I thought that was really kind of cool. I think if we kind of promote it a little bit, you might get some turnout for that. Maybe on yeah. game nights or something. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Just put the word out and say, we're going to do it at this, this time and yeah. people can be, be looking for it. All right. I'm up for that. So, okay. We have, we're time to go to cross examination. We've got a couple questions here. Uh, first one we have to go to, cause this question came in like right after we recorded our last episode. Oh, this person has so been waiting. It's then. been sitting, sitting in the, uh, the hopper for a while. All right. Uh, this is from Mr. Brian Budnick. Uh, Hey, Carl and Drew. I just wanted to start off by giving you some much-deserved praise. Oh. I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, and I'm happy to say it's the one podcast in my queue that I can share with my whole family. I have always enjoyed it, but I have to say you guys really knocked it out of the park with your uh, talking horror segment. Oh. Uh, not being a fan of horror movies, I plan on skipping this segment after getting past the normal routine at the top of the show. But to my surprise, I was sucked right in and have to say, I think it was one of your best shows yet. Keep up the good work. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. That was a fun show. That was a fun show. We've gotten a lot of good feedback. On I'm, I'm, I'm going to full disclosure. I'm not a, I'm not super into the horror genre, but I had a lot of fun talking about it with our guests. Yeah. Like it, it, was it, a, was, it was a really great experience i i enjoy engaging conversation and like if you can speak passionately about something you're probably gonna hook me in sure yeah yeah even if it's not something i'm normally involved in that's how i got an x-wing like just started you know watching some videos here and there and people speaking passionately about it. i'm like okay i'll try something sure uh it's okay now for a quick question uh know you have thanksgiving coming up rapidly approaching so my question for both of you is that if you can invite some superheroes to dinner who would you invite and why and also if time as a follow-up what dish would you expect your guests to bring hmm who would you like to have over for a thanksgiving dinner who would i like to have over thanksgiving dinner superhero related um this is gonna be a great big surprise to no one um, I want Cap over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I think I think I think he would uh, he'd be a fine guest on such a solemn and thankful yeah. holiday. Yeah, he's gonna bring the noble the noble spirit to the to the day. What dish would he bring? Apple pie. Yep. <laughs> yep. Is there really any other dish? Yep. That's just kind of, and it's probably really good too. I'm just guessing. Yeah, but. That that's that's Cap's secret. He, he bakes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I Good would call. I would probably want to have someone over who normally doesn't get to have Thanksgiving. Batman for one reason or another. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, Batman, Batman, uh, Spider Man, Matt Murdock, Peter Parker. You know, 
I feel like Peter Parker has a Thanksgiving. Him and Aunt May get together probably and have dinner and whatnot. Speaking. Batman has nobody. Yeah. He, He's got a fireplace, Alfred, and, you know. He just sits alone. <laughs> yeah, he, he bring him yeah. over. What would he bring? If it's Batman, I'm expecting nothing but the finest bottle of wine. Okay, yeah. Good. Um, You know what, Pete? You, you just come. It's okay. You don't have to worry about bringing anything. It's always broke. Especially now in the comics. Mm. Um, I, I don't know what I would have Matt bring. Alcohol. You know no, what? I think no. he's good there. Yeah. What would Matt bring? Tough call. Yeah. I got nothing Gra- here. Grab a can of cranberry, Matt. You're, I, that's you're about good. right. He'd bring you're the cranberry good. sauce. Yeah. It's red. Yeah. There you go. Sure. Uh, then Brian closes with thanks for making my commutes much more enjoyable and keep up the great work. Brian Budnick. Doing what we can. Thank you very much for your questions, Brian. Appreciate that you appreciate that it's a family show. Um, we've got a lot of listeners. Good. Keeping on because of that. So very happy. About happy that. to be there for yeah. you. I bite through my tongue every episode. <laughs> Probably never more so before this episode that we're about to do. Oh, no, no, no. I think you're going to be surprised that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now we get to the. Hmm. What can we, what can we call them? The Wonder Twins? Them. No, no. Wily Kit and Wily Cat? Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's. <laughs> that's good that's good the orco um, and snarf wow that's, just, <laughs> that's mean <laughs> that uh that's that's really mean so yeah we're gonna uh, go with that then. Yep. the orco and snarf <laughs> of the devil's do and i'll let them decide which one is which Fine by me um starting with mr J. Gelsomino. Carl and Drew, if you could see one writer-artist combo take over a current character, who would it be, and why is it Brubaker Phillips? <laughs> I was just going to say, I was literally just going to say, I want uh, Brubaker Phillips back on cap, but if they can't be put on cap, uh, Brubaker and Phillips, um, let's see, where would I like to see them? Uh, they've kind of already done Batman with Gotham Central, so maybe that's not the best idea. Um, Brubaker Phillips... Punisher book. Go. Okay. Do you, let me ask you this. Do you find that, because it, it's rare when it does happen, but when it does happen, do you ever find that whenever a writer-artist team that have like a renowned run on a character mm-hmm. return to that character, mm. that they're able to recapture the magic? It's rare that it happens. Um, yeah, usually it's just like a one-shot or something yeah, like that. I'm trying to think of an example. Um in recent times of stuff that I that I keep up with and I really can't unfortunately um closest example I can think of Garth Ennis and um Parlov Goran Parlov they're back on Punisher right now doing the Platoon series um it's a Max book yeah and uh yeah it's like they never left yeah so I'm okay with that uh Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale ah uh, yeah yeah team pretty well on Batman yeah, I find their Marvel stuff to be a little more hit and miss. I like Daredevil Yellow quite a bit. 
Uh, but I wasn't so into uh, the Cap White book. The Cap White wasn't great. Was Spider Man Blue was good. Okay, the Hulk Gray was good. So they're they're it's again it's the initial kind of like team up and like with Cap White when you go back to a story after so many years of being away from it, it's yeah, never gonna never gonna live up. Yeah, um, hard to explain. Yeah, I I don't know that um, any. I'm trying to, again. I'm trying to think of examples of guys coming back to books that they made their name on. It doesn't seem to happen a lot anymore. Uh, companies seem to kind of just yeah want to keep cycling new talent in. Um, Lucas knows what I'm talking about. So uh, yeah, I'm. I'm Ennis and Parlov are the closest thing going on right now at Marvel, and it's great. It's like it's it's yeah. it's really good, and I'm glad they're back. So I would like. I would like Frank Miller and oh. Sean Murphy on Daredevil. Have a return, uh, Frank Miller returned Daredevil, um, or or um, I know he's doing a limited series right now, but I would really like to see Sean Murphy and um, Tom King on Batman. Okay, that's a, that's a solid. Because Tom team. King's writing Batman right now. Yeah, and the art's good, but I love Sean Murphy's. Sean art. Murphy's tremendous. Um, he's a tremendous artist. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get his Batman series when it comes out in trade. Um, I haven't heard anything about it yet. But I mean, for me, it's worth it just for his art. It's it's like the Batman is the bad guy in that story. Is he? Yeah, not? I guess it's kind of an Elseworldsy story. Okay. So all right, yeah. See what happens. Okay, Drew. Yeah, I have to. I have to read this in the uh, the voice of um, what's his name from Thor, the Rock guy. Oh, uh, Korg. 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 Oh. So I'm. <laughs> I re- love him. I'm reading this question in in Korg's voice. Uh, Drew, did did you eat an elephant? It's <laughs> my best Korg. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Did you eat an elephant? <laughs> uh. This is Meek. He's an insect. He's got blades for hands. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, no, I did not eat an elephant. Okay. I did pet one. <laughs> you did pet one. Okay, good. good. I pet several. I'm guessing elephant is probably very gamey. I, I don't want to find out. <laughs> I do not want to find okay. out. Carl, can we get more Mustache Makes the Man Facebook video shows? Amen. Yes, we we're gonna look into doing some more live streams. I gotta right. say, it's filling in. You like the mustache? I, I finally, I finally got some mustache wax in the mail today. Uh huh. Which reminds me, I'm gonna ask you now before, because I will forget before I leave. Do you have a guitar pick I can have? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Because it helps to you know get the wax out. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No problem. So, yeah. Cool. Several. Thanks. I have several designs. Awesome. Not that it matters. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, thank you very much for questions. Next up, Mr. Alan Waiters. Carl and Drew, do you think Marvel has hit a plateau in regards to their series like Punisher and Inhumans? And would you like to see Moon Knight get a Netflix series? So that's a question from both of us. Um, a plateau. Want- I'm three episodes into the Punisher, and I have some uh, 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 grave concerns about this show. I'm just going to put that on Front Street, folks. I'm uh, We are not off to a good start. So I'm, I'm giving it a chance, and I'm but we told are going that- to. Do the Punisher. We are doing the Punisher. We will get there. I'm going to, but unlike the Defenders, I'm not going to be watching it week to week. I'm watching it now. Yeah. So when we get to it on the show, I'm going to be seeing these episodes for a second time. So it's going to be a little more, uh, I'm going to be a little more versed in it. Um, 
I wouldn't say we've hit a plateau yet because we still have Daredevil season three coming out, Jessica Jones series season two, yeah. Luke Cage season two, and I want to see what this stuff's going to look like. And I have, I have faith that they're going to be good. They've laid the groundwork already. Um, and humans, look. Yeah, as much as we have concerns about the Punisher, you can't put Inhumans and the Punisher in the same ballpark. To me, Inhumans was a, was was fool foolish from the get go because it was a mandate from on high, and that's all it was. It was a mandate from on high to get an X Men substitute out there. It, we we all know this already. This 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 is Marvel's silly beef with Fox, yeah. and they they tried and they failed. And I, I just, I just put it aside. Yeah. They didn't know what to do with it, so they did something, and it didn't work. And that's I haven't fine. heard anything even remotely close to alluding to Inhumans being renewed for no. a second season. No, they're gonna put, they're gonna uh, bury. I think that it's one. one and done. I think that'll kind of put the Inhumans back in their proper place in the Marvel universe, yeah. which is like B characters. C. They C. Inhumans would work. I've said before, Inhumans would work great as like the backup story to a Guardians movie, or like the guest stars in the occasional Fantastic Four arc. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, they don't need to be made the thing that they are. Right. No, I don't. I don't want to say that they've hit a plateau, especially since you know, again, like I said, we're getting all these other Netflix series coming out, um, and I would love a Moon Knight Netflix series. We'll see how that goes. I would love Moon Knight Netflix series too. I think the series that I would want would be vastly different from the series that you would want. Hmm. Because I loved, loved, not the current Moon Knight series, you want but that the Warren one Ellis run for this. Yeah, the yeah. One, yeah. I, um, I loved that. That's the one I would want. Just give me, a, just give me a, a Moon Knight series where they embrace his nuttiness and and you know, I could work with that. They dive. They really dived into the nuttiness in the the Warren Ellis series. Yeah, but they it's gave they give like more structure to it. Okay, I, I, me and Ellis are not buddies. <laughs> I've tried. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, Drew. Yeah. What was the most important lesson you learned from your trip to Thailand? And what wow. wrestler would you like wow. to see in ESPN Thirty for Thirty, and why? Ooh. Did you see the Ric Flair Thirty for Thirty? I saw, you know we started it last night at Bro Day, and the jet lag kind of caught up to me, and I zonked out for about a. <laughs> Good half an hour, but for the first uh, twenty minutes or so of it, uh, looked pretty very well done. I'm going to try and watch that on uh, my own time uh, this week. Um, lesson that I learned in from Thailand again. I think I've kind of I kind of said it earlier. I I just I think uh, perspective and um, just just perspective on the world and uh, the fact that we all need to kind of get out of our own. Uh, tunnel vision once in a while. Lucas would agree. Yes. And uh, he's being out of punk right now, actually. He's, 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 he's a, a little feisty bit, today. He's a little bit malcontent. Um, and what was it? I'm sorry. The follow-up question was what? Uh, wha- 30 for 30. Yeah, wrestler. what wrestler would you like to see? Oh, man. Um, that is a tough one because there's many that I think would be good uh, and deserving um, I mean, like, who do I say? Who uh, Bret Hart could work here. I mean, yeah, but a couple you know, weeks ago was the uh, 
20th anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob? Uh, yes, that's yeah. correct. Um, but I mean, Wrestling with Shadow has really covered all that stuff. So, yeah. like, do we need a 30 for 30 about it? Then again, you know, his career after that was just never the same. There's a good story to be told there about the years of animosity with, with him and WWE. Um, and of his eventual reconciliation. Um, he just never seemed to work in WCW. No, and Vince warned him about that before he left, too. But, you know, the money was the money, and I can't blame him, really. Yeah. And things in WWF were going a little south at the time. It was hard. There's it, it a, a lot there. Let's put it that way. Brett would be good. Um, I feel like Austin would just be really good, too. That, I think that's the one I would want. Because, like, you can, there are certain, granted, I'm not as versed in knowledge as you are, but I, even I could see there are certain wrestlers that. The whole world of wrestling just kind of turns. Oh, yeah. They're like a turning point for it. Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin. Steve Austin, man. And like, and he was never supposed to be what he was. Yeah. When he came into WWF, man, that was not the plan. Yeah, he was like the million dollar man's thug. That, and that's or all they saw him as. was just the like million a, dollar champ. You know, he was a guy who could, who could work a little, and that was all he was. But through sheer force of will... He managed to get himself over and, you know, he made himself, he made himself get noticed and he made sure Vince noticed and the rest is history, you know, and the guy was a game changer. He sold, he is still the top drawing and top money maker in the history of the business to this day. There's a story there, man. And then, and his career was cut short. Um, and you know, he he managed to uh, do okay for himself when he got out. He's he's doing great yeah. right now. He hosts uh, he's hosted several TV shows. His podcast is fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. It's fun to listen to, and mm-hmm. he's a great. I just love Steve Austin. He's a fun guy. Um, I think that would be a really good story. I think that'd be really great. From his humble beginnings to you know where he ended up. Yeah, it, it, there's a story there. Okay, Carl. Do you think Marvel too waited too long on making a solo female superhero movie after they saw the success of Wonder Woman? What heroine would you like to see have a solo movie besides Captain Marvel? Um, I don't think they waited too long after seeing the success of Wonder Woman. I think they waited too long before Wonder Woman. Um, I think a Black Widow movie or any number of other Marvel female characters um were were long overdue when wonder woman hit um you know we know marvel can do superheroes right and you know they've shown they can do multiple kind of genres right you know supernatural science fiction straight up action um yeah i think we're we're long overdue for a black widow film um as far as uh, heroin, I would like to see get a film besides Captain Marvel. Uh, Spider Woman, really? But I, I, it'd be very hard to do because she's not a general knowledge character. So and she's complicated. She's very complicated. So it'd be very hard to do. Um, she Hulk. Yeah, I think, I think you could really pull off well, um, especially with the tone Marvel seems to be embracing these days—a kind of a more goofy tone. Yeah, 
Um, so, She-Hulk. I, you know what? This is gonna sound kind of stupid at Uh-oh. first. Go go on. I think like a an ex woman movie. Ah, could be done well. Okay. Just like focus on the female characters of the team. Okay. They did this in the books a couple years back. It got some heat coming out of the gate, but it fizzled after a while. When they did the X-Men book that was all women? Yeah. Yeah. I can, yeah. That's okay. I can get down with um, that. I'd like to see that. I think a Storm movie could be cool. Storm movie would be Remember, great. like, maybe the 80s? Remember back when Storm was, like, one of Marvel's heavy hitters? Yeah. And then, like, for whatever reason, it just kind of fizzled. It's just because she's mutant. She's part of that, you know. Is that yeah. what it was? Is that what happened? I remember, man. Like that Marvel Fox deal goes back. No, I, I, it goes well, way back. I, I don't want to place the blame squarely on Halle Berry, but it it, it factored in. That's. <laughs> I think that's the case of good casting, but bad execution. Like the script, when you go back and watch the first X Men movie, the script is not helping her. No, but she, you know. Look, I'm just going to say it. We all well, wanted it. You got an Academy Award winning actress playing. Well, she did when they cast her, they, she was not an Academy Award winner. That was after X-Men 1, but before X-Men 2. Yeah. Uh, we all wanted Angela Bassett. Let's not deny Well, yeah. It. Duh. And but Halle Berry was not a bad cast. No. You're right, though. The script, the script did no favors for her. But, yeah. But the performance did no favors either. Anyway. Oh. Um Brian Singer is not an action director, so and no, no, he's not. Yeah. Anyway, so. so all right, Alan, thank you very much for your questions. That brings to close our cross examination, which brings us to the case files. Drew, we're not even at our review yet. I know. Like I said, disclaimer in the description <laughs> and, of this episode. This is, <laughs> is going to be. <laughs> Do you want to start most recent or like we only got like three big things to let's really just, talk about? Let's just tick them off. All right. Remember when we started this podcast? We were recording on Friday nights. <laughs> yes. And that was going, you know, for a while. We'd show up, record Friday night, game night afterwards, yada, yada. Then I said, you know what, Drew? We got to be more current. We got to be as current as possible. Yeah. Let's move this thing to Tuesday night. Yeah. How's this working out for us? It's working out like 98% really well. You know what that last 2% is? Today. Marvel. <laughs> Because Marvel always releases their stuff like the day after we record. They're on to us. Folks, get <laughs> ready tomorrow because the internet is going to break. And by tomorrow, we mean today for you listeners. Yes. Yes. By by t- There's a very good chance that by the time you're listening to this, you've already seen the first trailer for Avengers Infinity War. Get hype. It's, um... Get hype. It's going to be pretty crazy. I don't like. Look, we don't know. We don't know what it's going to be yet. I don't want to get myself too hyped up, but this is coming in combination with some quotes by the Russo brothers and Kevin Feige that are basically saying, for lack of a better way to put it, this is the beginning of the end. Yeah, this is what the past almost ten years have been leading to yes is this film yes right here everyone together 
just oh, it's just gonna. This, be, this is it. This is the big mishmash. It'd be crazy. And like I said, uh, not this one, but the next Avengers film by by admission of Kevin Feige, all of the original Avengers cast are not contracted past the fourth Avengers movie. It yeah. is the end of the line yep. for them. And that the movies after that will will be very different than everything that has come before. So this, again, this is the beginning of the end. Cue the Spanish Nail song. <laughs> I was going to cue the Sad Hulk music. <laughs> oh, well, there's that too. <laughs> um, I wonder so, if Nine Inch Nails would do a cover of the Sad that's Hulk. That's a good music. idea, actually. Oh, my oh, Drew's God. Thinking. Someone get on Twitter and hit Trent, like, immediately. They, he did the Halloween song. Yeah. It was pretty dope. Um, the Sad Hulk music by Trent Reznor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I need this now. Um, yeah. So get ready, folks. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, but it's also, I mean, this is yeah, this is getting heavy now. This is uh, one of two films, I believe, will be able to break $1 billion domestically. It the could. One, the other one being Last Jedi. So. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. All right. First, Force Awakens came close. It was like, I think it was $25 million away. The Last Jedi hype is uh, strong. Yeah. So, um, put it this way. The guy who directed it, they're giving him the keys to a whole new trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's another thing we could talk about. Disney we'll has go, some faith in this we'll guy. We'll go right into that. Uh, it was announced... We, didn't, we that, didn't cover this? No, we didn't. Oh. It was while you were away. I have thoughts. Um, yes. Uh, they announced that uh, Ryan Johnson will be helming a new Star Wars trilogy. Um, I don't think it's been 100% confirmed, but it's been assumed that this will not be a new saga trilogy. This will be an original story unto itself, not dealing necessarily with the Skywalker family. Right, 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 right. Um, and then it was also announced that like there will be a live action Star Wars television show yeah. on the Disney streaming service. Okay, how do you want to let's handle these? Start with the appetizer and then go on to the entree. That being so, the Star Wars television show. This is um, something that's been rumored for Lucas couldn't pull it up off. on a decade now. Yeah. You know yeah. what? You know what the thing is? I don't think Lucas could pull it off because I don't think any network would give him the control. That he wanted. There's that to be considered. Because roundabout when the rumors of a new Star Wars television show were starting, that's when we're getting into like the beginnings of like premium television as we know it. Sure. Now. Things like Breaking Bad, things yeah, like yeah. that. It's when the television landscape started to change. And I don't think Lucas could get the control from a television network that he could from a film distributor. Well, let's also address the other elephant in the room regarding a Star Wars TV show. Cost. Yes. Well, it's even, Disney now. <laughs> well, even Disney has a bottom line. Yeah. And I, I look, they I, the fact that they went if they make that like the flagship of their streaming service, it makes all the sense yeah. in the world. But even still, I w- it's I gonna would say, cost I would a say lot this. to make. A a Star Wars television series, depending on how they do it, they could take a different approach to where it's not going to cost as much and still make it good. Okay. But when you think about something like Game of Thrones, yeah. which has an insanely huge budget per episode, yep. like some of their bigger episodes, 
I think their budget has been like the entire season budget of some of their other shows. That's that's true. And I'm willing to bet that Disney has deeper pockets than HBO. So Probably. I don't think like I think the cost will be a factor, but I don't think it will be as big a factor. I'm like I'm hoping that they they don't do something that necessarily has to have that higher cost. Um, like we think of, like if you, th- uh, you don't want I'm them sure, cutting I'm corners sure, either. Yeah, I don't want them cutting corners. Like I'm sure you never watched the Clone Wars television series. I watched it, the animated series. No. Um, it was really good. Uh, for them to do that in live action, yeah, that cost would be astronomically crazy. Um, something like Rebels, though, I haven't been able to watch all of it. I was just able to watch the first season till we cut the cord on cable. Um, something along that lines at the same time, like do what's it called? Not like, a do an anthology show. Do like, you know, I feel like that would be more expensive than kinda just like, doing a season. Kind of like Fargo. Yeah. Approach it almost like, kind of like what Netflix approaches their shows. Like one season is just kind of like one big movie. Do it that way. That's the way to go. Each season's a different story. Yeah, that's no. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what they want to do with it. I'm I'm interested in. You know, it's funny because like the one of the other big things that was announced that when you were were gone was that Amazon is going to be doing a Lord of the Rings television series. Oh yeah. And originally it was thought that this would be just another interpretation of the the main story itself no, but now it's it, it they're saying it's you're gonna be like it's possibly it's gonna be the similarian it's possible it's gonna be like just like prequel stuff or different art stuff and that world is very rich with stories that were that haven't been told in that format but i found that my reaction to it is kind of like your reaction like we were having a discussion i think it was last month or the month before about like your reaction to marvel as opposed to your reaction to star wars whereas like marvel you love the world with star wars you primarily just kind of love the original three movies whereas like with star wars i love the world okay i want to hear stories outside of what the main saga stories are um i love like lord of the rings is in my top five films of all time mm. I heard this announcement. I was like, I'm good. I like the main story. Yeah. I love it. I've read the book twice and I've seen the movies numerous times. So, I don't I don't need the surrounding stuff. Well, but with Star Wars, I want the surrounding stuff. Okay. Uh, without dwelling too, too much on the Lord of the Rings, I did read that about that show. And I guess uh, the creative control of that franchise was was closely guarded by Tolkien's the family family the estate, not yes. anymore nope yeah i guess he's handed it off of... so well, they... <laughs> i guess dump trucks full of money yeah so i guess does... uh you might be getting interpretations yeah. of this stuff now and see i don't need that okay i'm, I'm happy with the the way you view star wars is sure. the way i view lord of the rings okay um all right. Well, so, yeah. I'll, but, I'll, I'll put it this way: I'll believe the Star Wars show when I see it, just because it's that. been percolating yeah. for so long. So long, I can understand. It, I yeah. know they want it to be a thing. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Like if they said it was a new animated show, I'd be like, okay, oh cool, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have track record there. Yeah. But live action, okay. Let me. We'll see about that. Yep. Um. So, so new trilogy. Yeah. Um. 
obviously it's going to depend on a lot of what our reaction to Last Jedi is because yeah, yeah, like, yeah. clearly Disney really likes Ryan Johnson. It seems that way. Um, which actually makes me wonder something. He's one of the few to start and finish a Star Wars movie. So if they like him so much, how come they didn't let him do nine? I don't schedule conflict. Maybe did he he not want to do it? I don't think he was keen on doing it, but he'll do three more of his own. You can do cover songs or you can start your own band. But he's still cover. He's still. No, I get what what you're saying. Yeah. Curious, introdu- curious thing. Okay, it might have I'm, been a scheduling conflict. I don't know. Let's let's let's. All right. So I know I've, I've said before that I have. I'm getting a little Star Wars fatigue. This isn't going to alleviate that at all. But it, this is actually kind of curious. What's it going to be? Because by all accounts, like you said, it's not a it's not a new saga trilogy. It's something else entirely. Yeah. Okay, I, what? Mm-hmm. And what you know? What's the, what's the angle? And I guess it has. A, I'm interested enough where if it's going to be something new, I'm interested. Yeah, and it, it seems like it is. So you have my attention. I think. I think one of two things. One, you're going to be just doing a new story that takes place after the events of Episode Nine. Different Possibly. characters, not focusing on Skywalker, things like that, or what a lot of people are, some people are asking for, other people are like theorizing. Um, I know the word prequel is a bad word, but Ugh. I think if you go back far enough, you stop being a prequel and just start being in our story. A lot of people are thinking the old Republic, like way, way like hundreds of years before I, episode I one. I don't, I don't, I don't want that at all. I wouldn't. I don't want that. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, again, if you can make it look interesting and tell me a good story. And yeah. not feel the need to connect it to anything. Like, but it kind of has to by some stretch. If you want to tell about like the beginning of the Jedi Order or the beginning yeah. of the Sith or like, you know, there's, yeah. I guess there was once like a really big war between the two before the Sith adopted the rule of two. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to be reminded of the rule of two, much less a movie about it. <laughs> well, the rule of two was canon before the prequels. I didn't know about it. Yeah. The more I think, it was, it was actually it's actually funny. I was thinking about the shower thoughts the other day, <laughs> and I <laughs> shower thoughts with Drew. I just thought that's really stupid. How dumb was that? How threatening can you be with two people when you think about stupid? How the Sith operate? Uh, nah, craving nah. of power. Eh. Something like that doesn't work on a large scale. If everybody's craving power. You're not. You know, achieving power, you're just constantly fighting monsters. I don't yourselves. want to dwell on this. I'm just going to put this out there. My, a bigger, a big. You don't like pick. the world. You just like the three movies. No, it's no, no, okay. No, 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 no. Not not. Star Wars was a lot cooler before everything in it got so codified. I don't think it's codified. Oh, it's all. You're no, going to have to. No, no, no. It's all codified. Now. It's everything not codified. Really? Yeah. Really. So the prequels making every single thing have an explanation that ties into the into the new ones. That's not codified. Everything is codified now. Everything fits together. Everything has this explanation. When it was just the original movies, the world, the way you love it, I loved it because it was way more open to my imagination. Now I can't imagine anything anymore because they put they filled all the holes in with garbage. I don't like that. So anyway, that's why, and that is why I don't want the Old Republic movie because if you're going to go back, you somehow have to land on the crappy 
backstory that you dumped on us with the prequels. So I, you have to adhere to that to some degree. I don't want that at all. The Old Republic is hundreds of years before the prequel. But Even it's going still, back further. But that. it somehow has to establish into the Jedi Order what it became, which, by the way, is not at all what I imagined it to be when I watched Star Wars as a kid. And nah, I don't want it. No, no. Put it in the future or put it in a... Put, we're in a, a, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Let's go far, far, farther away. Put it over there. Give me something new entirely in Star Warsy. Just, just keep it away from everything else. Then you, then I'm interested. Yeah, that's- Star Wars is too. It's too. It, it's too embedded in itself. I can't. I. It's harder for me to care about it. It's all too intertwined. Okay. I like a little leeway. I like a little imagination. I like. I like a little mystery. That's all gone now. Mystery's all well and good, but at the same time, I want to be able to learn about where something came from. I want to hear the backstory of it. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't, I don't, I'm cool with, like, the Sith being this mysterious thing that no one really knows about for a time. After that time, after, like, at some point, you know what? At some point, parts unknown doesn't make sense anymore. You want some explanation to it. You want some history of it. I think giving it history, flu- flushing it out isn't a bad thing. Giving it history is making it more sustainable and making it more real. It also takes away a lot of the mystique. Mystique can be a tool for sloppy storytelling at the same time. If you had, Now, granted, Look, prequels did terrible at this, adhering to their continuity say, and whatnot. I thought I wanted but, all that backstory until I saw the prequels, and I said, you know what? I don't want any of that backstory. So you keep falling back on the prequels. We're not there anymore. The prequels are a distant memory compared to what we're getting right now. What we're getting right now is going forward. I, I, I would advocate to keep going forward. I would Let's say, not look back. I would say even the Clone Wars series and Rebels... Like the last I'm not half watching. of the season, I, don't Clo- care. I know you're not going to watch. I don't I'm care. just saying it to to say it. Clone Wars did a lot of retconning of the prequels. They fixed a lot of stuff that went wrong. Doesn't matter. I didn't see it. Doesn't matter. That's great. Side stuff doesn't matter. Movies matter. Yeah. See, side stuff is where a lot of the fun is too. I don't but care. That's put okay. It, put I'm it on the screen. Or, fun. Put it on the screen or don't waste my time. Not everything, dude. Freaking comic, Marvel comics are a sidestep to the movies. Now you're still reading Marvel comics, less and less every day. <laughs> All right, we've been over that. Okay, so um, so Avenger trailer comes out. Marvel has a new editor in chief. Yeah, this story got weird in a hurry. Yep. So, okay, let's. Uh, I don't want to dwell too much on this because we do have to get into the, the guts of the show, as it were. <laughs> We're two hours in already. No, what are we at? Oh, you know, hour and a half. Okay, so Bendis left. Did we cover that on the show? I think no, we, did. we didn't. We did. We didn't. That was after. Yeah. Wow. This is over at DC now. Which is okay. like the equivalent of Donnie Johnny Damon leaving the Red Sox to go to the Yankees. Like, yeah. What? This guy's been in charge at Marvel. I'm in charge. He's been their most prolific writer and creator for the better part of fifteen years now. And now he's leaving to go to DC. I don't seemingly out of nowhere. One of two things happened here. One, he's bored. 
because in fairness, he has done basically everything there is to do at Marvel Comics. Yeah. He's written everybody. Yep. He's gotten the keys to every kingdom at one point or another. Yep. Maybe he's burned out. Very possible. Yeah. I understand creative burnout very well. But let us not discount other possibilities. And I'm going to go down a little rabbit hole here. The publishing division of Marvel, and by the way, saying those words, the publishing division of Marvel to me, as a fan of Marvel comics, I hate saying that, but that's what it is. They have a publishing division now. They're not Marvel Comics anymore. They're Marvel, this giant entity, with who happens to have a publishing division. Uh, Under a lot of scrutiny over the last few years. A lot of bad press, a lot of bad books, a lot of overreaction to certain things from certain people, and a lot of creatively dubious decisions. Nazi cap, I'm looking at you. They really are very reactionary. Marvel? The past like decade or so never really thought about that till you said it Mm. well let's just they've been under fire a lot yeah now i don't think bendis leaving is a result of him looking at all of the bad press and going i gotta get out of here yeah no 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 but what i do think it is a possibility is that the higher ups in marvel whoever they may be and if you want to go up all the way to the top of the totem pole uh, Ike Perlmutter, whatever his name is. We'll just say Ike. Ike, uh, uh, Trump's buddy. Uh, maybe he is not happy with all this bad press about all these socially progressive characters that Marvel's putting out and all the uproar, seemingly, about it. And I'm being very cynical here. Uh, cynical? So maybe, maybe no. the, 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 you know, because it is affecting the bottom line now. Yeah. Like it or not. And... He looks at it and says, all right, all you liberal hippie writers with your social justice nonsense can get out. Now, I'm going pretty heavy with, you want to call it a conspiracy theory, but I mean, I'm not saying that didn't happen because I could see that being a thing given Marvel's the, the Marvel's had a real tough couple years here. And a lot of it is self-inflicted. Well, it, eh, self-inflicted. I'm not sure if it's all self-inflicted, but a lot of it is their fans, comic book fans, resisting a lot of their changes. Okay, and ultimately, comics just don't matter that much anymore. So, if they're not doing well, Big Marvel. <laughs> wow, Big Marvel. I just that just dawned on. <laughs> Like big tobacco, big, big mar- pharma, big Marvel. <laughs> Honestly, they probably look at the comics division and just go like, either this thing makes money or we're just going to tear it off like a bandaid because we don't care anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's that's extreme, but I mean, is it uh, in the big picture nowadays? Um, so maybe someone told Bendis, hey, man, we're uh, reining you in and creatively we can't let you guys run roughshod anymore. And he said, see ya, I'm out. I don't know that, but let's just say that the, his exit has been, it's, it's, it's very curious. And the lack of clarification on why he decided to leave as, you know, it just leaves a lot of questions out there. Yeah. I, I, I'm a lot leaning, of speculation yeah. that is throughout there. I just yeah, want, no, no, it's, <laughs> I was 
educated speculation. I'm leaning more towards your first explanation. Is I think he just got tired. Okay. Because okay. for a creative, because he's an extremely creative person. Yeah. And creativity is like it's like a plant. You gotta you gotta feed it. You gotta I nurture know. it. Oh, I know. And if you don't, it just kind of shrivels up and dies. Sure. So it's like you said, he's been around the block with everyone on Marvel. Yeah. Three times over. Pretty much. Let's let's see what across the street has to offer. Well, and I think like, but at the same time, like everything you just laid out as far as speculation is completely plausible too. Like, see, here's the thing about the time we're living in right now: nostalgia is a commodity. Yeah, and I'm a I'm a nostalgic person by nature, and I don't think there's anything wrong with nostalgia. But the problem that I think a lot of people don't understand is that it's nostalgia for a reason and that it's the past. If everything was as it was in the past, we would never get anything new. Nothing would ever change. We would not be able to tell new stories. And you know, we can only tell Peter Parker can't pay his rent, <laughs> can't sell pictures to the bugle, and doesn't have anything in the refrigerator. We can only tell that story so many times. Yeah. And those stories are a rich part of the character's history that are integral to the character, but we have to move on from that. Mm-hmm. Especially after like 50, 60 years of these characters coming up on, you know, we're at, with hell with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, we're past 75 years. Yeah. And we have to move forward so that these characters can grow and these stories can change and we can, you know, we can find the new Frank Miller and we can find the new Brian Michael Pendus. And, you know, it nostalgia is great, but if things never change, things would just get stale and wither and die. Yeah, I agree. Um, Maybe. So maybe, maybe. But, but, Bendis is not alone now. Because right after he leaves, Marvel sacks Axel Alonso. Yes. I, they mutually agree yeah, to yeah. part with me, but that means they fired him. Yeah. Okay. The editor-in-chief. The guy yep. on top. <sighs> of the publishing division, dude. He's in, mm. he's in charge. I think it's been a long time. Since editor-in-chiefs make the big decisions. I think it's all dictated by board of trustees, things like that. Things that are making the, money. I uh, think from the career, like... I don't think so, they're, I think, like, they're given a mandate. You have to do X, Y, Z. You can, like, you know, do your own thing within that mandate. But I think ultimately, like... Oh, I don't know, man. I, I think in the publishing division, they, they the, the, the editor-in-chief is the editor-in-chief. Quesada's above him as the chief creative officer... But from the, I just read an interview with Quesada about about all this, and it sounds like he's pretty hands off in the, in the comic yeah. side of, of things. That are, so I think they kind of just created that role to keep him in the in in Marvel. Quesada, yeah, yeah, but he does a lot of stuff. No, he yeah, he does a lot of stuff, but, but not, like not so much with the comics. No, anymore. not at all. Because now he's kind of getting he's dipping his toes back in right now, and he said it feels really good to be doing it again because he hasn't done it in a long yeah. time since he was the editor in chief. Yeah. Um. My point being, though, like the editor in chief does make the big calls, and it's a it's a big job. And Axel Alonso is he's been there for five, ten years as the editor in chief. It's been a while. 
Well, not anymore. Yeah. So that brings us to C.B. Sabolsky. Is that his name? I think that's dude's name, yeah. And um, I've heard the name before, and he's a respected guy. He's in the job for a week, and he's already hit with controversy. Yeah, this was kind of weird. It's it's a little weird, because apparently 10 years ago, 15 years ago-ish, he was publishing under a pen name, let's call it. Which is not uncommon. No, but it's a Japanese pen name. That's a bit sketchy. Akira Yoshida, I think. And it was believed, and he was asked many years ago and denied, or implicated otherwise, that, that... that Akira Yoshida was a real person from Japan that was writing these Western books. Uh, now, granted, manga-influenced, let's air quote that, Yeah, uh, books for Marvel and Dark Horse, other publishers, too. Turns out it's just C.B. Sabolsky under a pen name, appropriating Japanese heritage and writing as if it were real. Now, look... Like you said, people use pen names. So, you know, I'm going to shrug. No, no, some might. And would, would, I'm going to, I'm not saying what he did is okay. Okay. It's, 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 this is a very strange circumstance. And Marvel knew about this when they hired him. When they hired him. This was disclosed. He disclosed it to them before they made him the editor in chief. Yeah. But that's recently. They didn't know about it up until recently, and this goes back 15 years. But I think once ultimately, once you have that knowledge, you still decide to move forward with making it. Yeah, so they're okay with it. blowback on this, that's on you, Marvel. Sure. Um, And I don't know how much damage has really been done by this, so I don't want to make it, I don't want to make it bigger than it is, because ultimately, I just don't. I'm not, I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? But like, you know, if, if. I don't want to go about this. Maybe I don't. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Po- I'm, I'm gonna. Po- I'm, I'm gonna pocket this. Yeah. Let's just say I don't know how much harm was really done, and I don't know how much malicious intent he really had. So let's just see how it goes. The guy's respected by his peers, um, and he has a pretty good reputation. Otherwise, until this came out, he had a pretty good reputation, and I'm not sure how much of a big deal this this is exactly. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive to it, but I'm just, I don't know yep. where to step right now. So we'll see. But, but again, changing editor in chief is quite a big deal. We'll see what that brings. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what that's going to mean for the direction of, of the publishing arm. How long was Casada editor in chief before Alonzo? Five ish years, I would say. All right. Five, 10 tops. Yeah. Like post Marvel Knights. Up until about five years ago, ish. Okay. So about that's about. I'm just trying to figure out what the shelf life of a of an editor in chief is. Let's ballpark seven years. Okay. Average. All right. I think it's I like I think it's good to have turnover in that position because you got to keep fresh. Yeah. Oh, perspective, yeah. fresh ideas going in. And let's not pretend that you know a lot of talent did not leave Marvel and yeah. in, in Alonzo's tenure. So we'll see. We will see what happens, and I think Marvel is aware, like you have said, that they want to find the next uh, Bendis, the, yeah. ne- the next uh, Brubaker, or whoever. And I, th- I think it's going to it's going to be one of two things. It's going to take a long time 
really long time for that to happen or we're going to have another crash Mm. worse than before Mm. all because Marvel and DC won't do one simple thing two words oh pay creators ah we can't well actually no I'm sorry three words pay creators rights (laughs) good luck with that the the creation creation needs to expand yeah and when you put four walls up and say you have to create within these walls you can't make anything new you're you're stifling yourself or that's what marvel and dc are doing or you tell them anything you do create within these four walls we own not you yeah so you know why am i going to give you my my a-grade material when i could just go to image and keep it for myself right 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 well to that i say good luck so Um, that being said we move on to our final news story of the week i'm guessing you haven't been to a comic shop since you've been home no i have a lot i got i got a stack of books waiting for me sir so uh doomsday clock came out sure did while you were gone i'm curious and i brought this up to you i I, when, when those initial pages came out i'm just interested enough explain something to me okay why did like the initial like people who got like preview copies and whatnot why did it come in a box with pancake batter and syrup the hell are you talking about i'm dude like dc sent out a bunch of copies of the first issue in like a big doomsday clock box and it came in packed with pancake batter and a little thing of syrup are you i'm not making this up you're you're serious yes I don't get it. I don't. I I tried to think. Like, was this something in Watchmen that, like, did no. I miss something? I know. I like after like a second and third reading, I kind of skip over the the Black Freighter stuff where there are pancakes in the Black Freighter or something. Uh, I I don't understand what any of this means. Maybe it's something that'll be explained. Is this is twelve issue series. You're serious right now. I look at my face. Look at my mustache. (laughs) This is serious business. Pancake batter and syrup. Uh, Maybe they're because in a nuclear holocaust that would keep in a shelter. I'm reaching here. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I'll like I'll show you pictures afterwards. All right. I'm I got nothing here man. Yeah. Uh that's news to me. So Doomsday Clock is out. Okay. It is reportedly sold predictably extremely well. I'm sure it did. Um I read it. Yeah. It was interesting. That was my take on the preview pages. I did not want to I did not want to like this on principle. It doesn't like there's no hint of DC until like the last right. page or right. so. So right now basically the first issue is essentially a a, a Watchmen sequel wholesale. Yes. yes. Interesting. Now, interesting. It takes in in the world it takes place in the year is nineteen ninety two. Yep, I think we talked about this before. It's post Watchmen. It's post Watchmen. The secret is out. Essentially, yeah. Warshak's journal has been published. Yeah. Don't spoil this for me. I'm gonna, no, I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. For you. It's nineteen ninety two. There's uproar and everything. Obviously, from everything we've seen, Superman factors into this okay fairly large curious as to how okay 
want you to think about something. Sure. What was going on in comics, in, in real world, what was going on in comics in 1992? Uh, Specifically with Superman. The death of Superman. Yep. It's called Doomsday Clock. They're not going to kill Superman again. No, 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 no. no. I'm, oh. not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. Oh. I'm going, I'm going like high meta on this. They're going to bring Doomsday back? No, no, no. This is not even like... When you look back... Yeah. At the state comics are in right now, it all started with Death Superman. Death Superman was the turning point when when the comics the changed spec- from a storytelling medium to a business. Okay. Death of Superman was that that you can pinpoint yeah. it was that pivot yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, everything changed when when you know. Bob Smith, who's never read a comic in his life, is lining up outside of Golden Apple Comics or Midtown Comics or whatnot to buy five, ten issues to stash away. Okay. So he can invest. And Marvel and DC learn there's money, big money to be made, money more than they ever thought possible to be made. That's when everything changed. Like the whole genre just changed and turned towards a more dollar centric. And not artistic centric okay. approach. So, how does that? What are you getting at with Doomsday Clock then? Is this DC trying to? Are they like going high meta with the story and acknowledging that they see that this is where everything turned and ultimately was a mistake? Or like just? I just I don't think it's a coincidence. No, that, I don't either. No, like, I, I, kinda, I think there's going to be something that that speaks to the me, larger the larger the story of comics as a whole yeah the meta narrative of it not all. just just watchmen well let me put this let me throw this at you this is a good this is a good discussion here uh watchmen what was watchmen watchmen was originally a caricature of comic books let's that's one word for it. Would yeah. you, it. It's not the best word for it. It's just the word that immediately popped up. Okay. Uh, it's a deconstruction of comics. Yes. It was looking at all of the tropes, cliches, yep. and even the, even the form itself and commenting on it. Yeah. And basically casting a, a judgment on it in some to some degree. Yep. The wrong lessons were taken from it by creators and whatnot. But as, as on its own, Watchmen was a commentary on the character tropes, the storytelling, and the form of comic books, and even the business to a degree of comic yeah. books. Mm-hmm. Alan Moore, I trust to write that kind of level of story. I do think that there is a very meta narrative happening with Doomsday Clock, and we're going to see what that ends up being. Yeah. And I think, you know what, to be honest with you, maybe it needs to happen. It really does. Like, there needs to be... I've, I've we been need reluctant. another 1985. I've been very reluctant, obviously, uh, to welcome a, a, a Watchmen sequel. I, I would rather it be left alone. However, if there is a big meta story you want to tell... About this, uh, if you want to deconstruct comics all over again for a new generation in 2017, then it fits. Let's do Watchmen again, and let's let's continue the story, but let's 
also continue its intent to break down what comics yeah. are. My only concern with that, from that angle, hang on, from, from that angle, that's interesting. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Honestly, I've gotten there. Like, I'm okay with that idea. Let's see what you got to say. I just don't know if Jeff Johns is the guy I want telling that story. <laughs> I don't know if I trust him that much. I I really like Jeff Johns. Okay. Um, his Green Lantern run was incredible. Um, but at the same time... You know what I'm talking about. Though. No, I know what this, you're talking this about. This is a very I'm, lofty... Yeah goal i'm I'm trying to relay yeah. here it's is he the guy their, to their do names that? their name for the type of story that you're describing the names that write that type of story the names are get talked about when you talk about like the mount rushmore comics yes i like jeff johns he is not in that discussion okay yeah okay but everybody has the potential to elevate their game absolutely so does he have it? Yeah. We'll see. We've got a year to see. Yep. We sure do. It's, it's going to be 12 issues. Um, the art is fantastic. Gary Frank, man. Gary, Gary Frank just... It's like it's not Dave Gibbons. No, but it's Gary Frank. But it's Gary Frank. Gary Frank is tremendous. Um, yeah, it's... I enjoyed the first issue. Okay. I'm not sure how much you will enjoy it because you're much more of a purist when it comes to Watchmen. I am, me? but I, but I, I, no, I absolutely am, yeah. but I just, I think I just, like I just said, I'm, I've come around. Uh, the, 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 the initial pages they released were enough to, to interest me, despite my reservations. So if there's going to be something to be said here, you have my attention. Yeah. I am going to read this. I yep. am, I am open to it. I think we really need in our 1985. And I say 1985 because that's the year that Dark Knight Wa- and Dark Knight Returns of Watchmen came yeah. out, and comics were legitimized. Well, people started looking at comics legitimately as literature, what they are, which they are. Yeah. Let's. Uh, and the death of Superman in the small scale and in the meta scale was the game changer. In a lot of ways, the death of not just Superman. Right. There's something like I know, we can, I know what you're saying. We can look back all the years later after it's happened. When you make the decision you go through with killing Superman. Ultimately, they didn't just kill Superman. They killed a lot more. And it's hard to put in the words what they killed. Because it's it's hard to describe if you want, it's kind of like a hippie trying to describe the '60s. It's hard to describe if you weren't there. I think, uh, in a way, this is cliche as hell. They they killed comics innocence in a way. They it went from being this, no. I agree with that. I don't think it's cliche. I think it's legitimate. Yeah, they, it went from being this you know monthly periodical story driven kind of thing into event driven and and. It, I mean, it has been that for a long time. Yeah. At least, at least it's the big two. Creator-owned yeah. stuff is creator-owned stuff. It's a whole different world, and I prefer that stuff, to be honest with you. But that's neither well, here nor that, that's neither again, here nor Once there. again, when creativity is allowed unrestricted, right, right, it right. thrives. Well, we've said a lot. Um, yeah. And guess what? We've got more to say. Oh, my God. Yeah, really. Um, um, many thanks to Alan Waiters. Uh, Alan always sends us 
uh, stuff. Is he chiming in, in as chat. we're talking? He's chiming in as we're talking with this uh, little tidbit of information that I'm showing to you. Oh. On uh, our last show we recorded before Hello. we left for vacation, it was reported that Disney was in talks to buy 20th Century Fox and all the, you know, stuff that would come along with that. Fantastic Four, X-Men, uh, uh, Star Wars, and it was reported that the talks had stopped and that one of the, or the other was walking away from the table. I think we both said, don't be surprised if these things pick up momentum again really quickly. Well, guess what? Talks are open again. Talks are open again. It's not a lot to be said. It's just breaking news right now that, you know. Talks are happening. Talks are happening. And if they're happening, Please. that means someone wants one or both parties wants it to happen. Yeah. Because I can see after like Kevin Feige saying, you know, this is the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as you know it. The next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe may not be driven by Avengers, but Fantastic Four and X-Men. I got a little I got a little chill when you chill. said that. I'm not even I'm not even kidding. I really did. I got I got kind of goosebumpy there for a minute. Let's see what happens. Let's see if Marvel drops two bombshells yes. on us tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alan, thank anyway. you very much, Fred. With that, oh. we'll bring the end of the news. At the two-hour mark. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you go to Thailand. We don't get to... Should we, like, part two this or something? No, let's just... Let's knock it out. Let's get it, get it done. All right, man. Okay, folks. The meat... As a, For those of you tuned in to the live stream last week, I said that this week... Uh, we're going to review Justice League before starting in on the Punisher next week. So, whew. last Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, Drew and I went to see Justice League in theaters. It was my second viewing. Um, I got a free ticket from a friend of mine uh, the previous Thursday to see it. I was kind of glad I got to go again, only because the, the free ticket, while very much appreciated, it wasn't 3D. And 3D for me is very much a distraction when it's not in IMAX and film specifically in 3D. Um, so, yeah, we saw Justice League. We have um, jokingly referred to the DC Cinematic Universe as the dumpster fire. Um, we've had, let's see, one, Oh, we've two, had fun. Oh, the fun we've had. How many movies have we had? Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman... Justice League, before Justice League. So we've had four four films. One of them have been... I liked Man of Steel. I can't make a ton of arguments for it being a great movie. I think it's good, not great. Yeah. Um, Wonder Woman I really enjoy, but Suicide Squad and, and Batman vs. Superman are hot garbage. Uh, they're In my opinion, they're, they're just kind of dumpster fires. And... I'm really, I find myself lately getting really turned off when, when people are just shouting back and forth at each other, just trying to be right, not trying to get it right and not viewing, not being able to, to view someone else's perspective as, you know, wrong Maybe it's not the best way of putting it. <laughs> the nerd on nerd violence is really starting to turn me off to a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like I get I get there are people out here 
out there who like this movie. And that's fine. We're not trashing you for liking this movie. No. Maybe so. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. No. I mean, if we're, if we're going to start trashing the people and, no. not, and not the product, then I'll... This will be the last episode of Devil's Dudes, because I'm not going to trash people for liking what they like. No, you like what you like, but yeah. l- let me... I want to jump in. Yeah. So let's review Justice League. All right. Let me let me, let me me preface... Where do you, you want to take this from? I want to preface everything... We're going to talk, I have a lot of, I have a lot of spoilers, thoughts. Spoilers, by the way. There will be spoilers. Yes. I've got a lot of thoughts on this movie, and I had a lot of thoughts watching the movie. A lot, you know, there, I, I was really taking it in, and I had a lot of unexpected reactions to it. So here's my upfront take, and then we're going to get into the particulars, There's okay? The cliff's notes and the bullet points, and then we'll dive into it. I just want to quantify. I want everything I'm going to tell you about this movie and my feelings on it. I want you to understand I'm coming in from, from it from this angle, okay? So you give your bullet notes, and I'll give my bullet right. notes, and then we'll yes. we're going. Justice League is a bad movie. It is not good. Okay. Okay? It's a bad movie. And I understand people who like it or think they like it and i i do think there's a degree of that to be had here that one company and i don't it doesn't have to be a competition but let's face it it is one company has had critical and box office success to a great degree over a 10 year period almost everything they touch turns that's putting it lightly lightly I'm, one company has started a revolution okay fair enough and everything they touch seems to turn to gold on the flip side, your this other company that you also like, or maybe you like more, again, different strokes, seems to not be able to capture the same magic. And you, as a fan, want, by extension of your liking of that stuff, you want it to do well. Yeah. And there's a little twinge of, maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's, you know, whatever it is, okay? You want a taste of that sweet, sweet validation. You want to validate your passion for what you mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I get that. But your desire for something to be good can often make you think something is good when it is not. And I understand that. Yep. I lived I through episode that. one, two. Okay? And I walked out of that theater saying, it, it was good. It was good. Yep. Okay? And it was only when I could step back a little bit and go like, you know what? I'm deluding myself. It was not good. It was bad. It's really bad. It was really bad. Really bad. But I wanted it so bad to be yep. good that I convinced myself it was. And it wasn't. And I think I think a lot of people feel that way about these DC flicks. They want them so badly to be revered like these Marvel flicks seem to be, and they're not. How many times have I said on the show, a glass of money water to a man in the desert is still a glass of water right. to a man in the desert? Now, I just want to say that I because it's, it's I'm not trying to slag people who like this movie. I want the stuff to be great, too. And I understand if you do, and if it makes you think you love it, then fine. Fine. By all means. All I'm saying is, I think you want it so bad that maybe you're, you got some rose-colored glasses on. That's all. Mm-hmm. 
Now, having said that Justice League is a bad movie, and it is a bad movie, I watched it and I saw, listen to me now, this is me saying this. Yeah. I saw glimmers of hope. Yeah. And I saw stuff that I liked in it. And I saw an approach in it, in parts anyway, where I said, and I think I said this to you either during the movie or after it was over, if they steer into that and make that the the torchbearer tone and focus of their flicks, they've got something. They've got a winner. And it's different than what Marvel's doing. It And I mean that. So what is it? Well, this is where we're going to get into the nitty gritty. So yeah. I'm going to, let's leave it there. Your your snap judgments on Justice League before we get into those things. Yeah. Uh, my snap judgments is that the movie is a mess. And I don't disagree. It's It's just from beginning to end, it's a mess. It is clearly two different distinct visions for this film slapdash together uh, over compensation in some parts for things that have been done wrong in previous movies under compensation in other parts um, it's visual effects are atrocious oh god we're gonna talk about that we we had to see how good the playstation 3 graphics could be <laughs> and this and this really showed them off three um, three um i say two no i mean let's give credit where credit's due they they ponied up for a playstation 3 they had a cell processor in there um There are, like you, there are things I liked about this movie. What I said about this movie from, not so much from the beginning, but like, especially after Wonder Woman, I said, Wonder Woman was a big step forward for DC. Sure. Justice League is going to be a regression because it's the last heavy Zack Snyder influence after... Justice League, Zack Snyder is essentially done. Yeah. And I don't think Warner Brothers is going to have him back. No. So the next movie is going to be very telling because it's going to be the first Snyder free movie. And how funny that's going to be Aquaman. Um, it, it's not it's not a good movie, but it's ultimately a mess with some good parts to it. So yeah, that's my gut reaction after All right. two viewings. So how do you want to approach this? You want to break down like character by character and then get into the ultimate story in the larger sense? You want to just take a one league member at a time? Um, let's start off with these effects, shall we? Ooh. This movie has some of the worst visual effects I've seen in a blockbuster film, maybe ever. Yeah. It's 2017, Carl. I shouldn't be sitting there picking out the green screen in every shot. So much green screen corn. It's It was like so obvious. It was, it was painful. It was worse 
not being in 3D. Man. Like, I could just look at it and go, like, they're not standing in a real place at all. No, like, I thought It was, they like, were, episode two level of fake backgrounds, okay? I thought they were bad when I first saw it. Yeah. But, again, I saw it in 3D, and 3D Stand out more and cover up a little bit of that. Man. Oh. Cyborg was painful to look at. Oh, my God. Talk about, like... He was he on was set, okay. right? Yeah, he was on set. Then why like, does his seen, real parts look I've seen fake? Behind the scenes stuff of him, and he's on set in like a track suit and like lights strapped to where like lights are emanating. No, I, I expect that this you know the robot stuff to look a little dot. His real face looked weird. Yeah, how it, does that happen? I I don't. Uh, it's it was so he looked terrible like from the moment he takes from the moment he appears in full cyborg yeah. like it's not so bad when he's got the hoodie on and the sweatpants and whatnot right 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 he's hiding kind of yeah but the second he shows up full cyborg no yeah but but he looks masterful compared to oh I don't know the main villain of the piece here. Yeah, I actually thought Stephen Wolf looked slightly better than Cyborg, but we're, oh, you're we're, adorable. we're very thin degrees of separation here. Stephen Wolf looked like, like you said, he looked like a PlayStation 3. He looked like boss straight character. out of God of War 2. Yeah. Just, wow. Like, I didn't believe he was in any shot for a second. You know what he looked like? You know what he looked like? Remember that Beowulf movie they did? Oh, no. Years back? Yeah, they I, had have, like I the, remember. Like, Angelina Jolie was in it and whatnot. Uh-huh. He looked like he was a character from that movie. Yeah. It, it was bad. It, it was not good. Um, Very bad CGI uh, for, for him. And let's address the... Great big elephant in the room, shall we? In the, in, in the, yeah, please twirl, sir, because it's apropos here. In the words of uh, the great Mr. Plinkett, Superman, what's wrong with your face? <laughs> that lip, dude. Oh. Now, we all know the story, Talk about right? a stiff upper lip. We all, we all know the story, right? Yes. Uh, they, 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 they shot let, Henry Cavill was done shooting Justice League and then went on to shoot the next Mission Impossible movie in which his character has a mustache. And he was not allowed to shave it by contract. Right. So they CGI'd his lip back on. Yep. They did a poor job. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. It wouldn't be that bad. If it wasn't every shot. Let's talk about that for just a real quick moment, okay? We know there were reshoots. Yes. Did they basically reshoot everything with Superman in it? I think it, it? was. Because remember, they were advertising like he was going to be in the black suit? Yeah. The black resurrection suit? Yeah. What happened with that? Ooh. Oh. I think I would say probably... Because uh, also, it's tough to say because they never showed any Superman stuff in the trailers. True. So we ultimately don't know we don't what know. was there and yeah, what yeah, wasn't yeah. there. But like, if you go back to the original first full trailer for Justice League, there's a lot of stuff. Like, there's always like one or two things from a trailer that don't make it into a movie. Was there stuff like a lot of stuff that didn't make it? A lot of stuff. Oh wow, I'll have to go back and check that out. Basically, every shot of you, 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 you could probably if you take all the shots of Superman in the movie, you can count where he 
didn't have the mustache on one hand. Yeah. It's a lot of yeah. mustache cover up in this movie, man. Oh, uh, it was bad. It was interesting. And, and like, it wouldn't be that bad if they didn't like, close up on his face so often. Yep. There's like entire portions where he's monologuing to the camera. Thankfully, though, it's the only part of Superman that is bad after he's brought back to life. Yes. Okay. This Hang movie, on. I want to. I want to well, focus I, on the negative. I want to. I want to get all the positive. negative out of the way because yeah. I really do want to end on a positive yep. note. Because I believe it or not, kids, we got a lot again, of positive. This stuff is there. me saying this. There are positives, yes. and if they and if they embrace them, there is a way forward. So let's just get all this bad stuff out of the way. Yeah, the plot is paper thin. It's put the mother boxes together so we can recreate apocalypse on Earth because reasons. It's the plot of Man of Steel, dude. We're yeah. going to terraform Earth. Here's the thing. With these movies, these giant, like... Uh, you the know, doomsday lights in the sky? Not so much that, but like the all the characters gathered together in one movie. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Feige said it best. These are the annual issues. Okay. They don't need to have the deepest story. No. But a story would be appreciated. It would help. It was like we've get, we get more or less... It picks up right where, you know, obviously some time has passed between the events of Batman versus Superman and this, but not that much time has passed. And we get like little kind of vignettes of the characters that we're going to meet. Yes. What I do like. But we're going that, on the negative here. I know. I know. But it's, <laughs> it kind of goes. It kind of can't say one without the other. I do like that. We didn't get origin stories for the characters we hadn't met yet ram down our throats nope they can just kind of put them out there they just kind of put them out there i think that's a uh, way to go with you know if this is the way you're choosing to do this mm-hmm. if you're not going to do that each character gets their own movie then we bring them all together i appreciate not having to hear the origin for Everyone. i get like a cliff's notes origin sure sure yeah. If one at all. I don't think they gave Flash one at all. He they, was hit by lightning. That's you know, that's more implied yeah. than stated. No, no. They remember in the grave digging scene where they said, we're going so, to so talk about that. So you were hit we, by lightning? Yeah, we got to talk about that scene in a minute. Yeah. Um, actually, hey, let's just talk about it now. The grave digging scene. Well, do you want to talk about Flash before okay. we get to the grave digging scene? Fine. The Flash is god awful. Flash is terrible. I hate everything Here's about Here's the him. thing, though. The character that's being portrayed. Yeah. I said this to you when we were leaving the theater. The character is not portrayed is not a bad character. Uh, he, could be, he could be an enjoyable character, but the second you're telling me that that's Barry Allen. Yeah. That's where it gets terrible. Okay. Because that's not Barry Allen. Fair enough. If you said it was Wally West. Maybe. It would be slightly less bad. It would be more tolerable. Okay. The costume is still got off. Oh, the costume the co- is awful. They try to explain the costume and they do a terrible job at it. Did they? Even yeah. try? Like, I, I missed that. Bruce is saying like what it's whatever. made out of and yeah, everything. Yeah, whatever. And it's just... it's just, He's so bad. And at the same time, like, folks, if you haven't seen the movie, I got news for you. You've seen 90% of The Flash in this film just from what they show in the trailers yet somehow there's more to be annoyed by actually um yeah it's just it's the fact that they're saying this is barry allen and it just he's no. just he's irritating 
I know they were trying to make some lighthearted, quippy character in this movie to yeah. kind of give it a little le- levity, but he's just obnoxious. If you if you said this character is Plastic Man, sure, then, then you then, got someone. Then, then you're fine, fine. But uh, dude, I just don't like his. I don't like him. I just he's don't. I don't like not- him. You know who I didn't mind, and I thought I'd hate him, but I didn't mind. As ironic as that is, I did not mind Aquaman. All right. He was fine. You know what I think it is? Because we don't have... Aquaman is not to us what, like, Cap is to you or Spider-Man is to me or Daredevil is to both of us. No, no, no. We don't, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're more open to reinterpretation of that character. Yes. And I understand why they went in the direction that they did with that character because, like, to the general public... Aquaman is the punchline. Right. Aquaman's the joke. Not anymore, he's not. Not, But here's the thing. I expected to be very annoyed by the bro shtick. Yeah. And to be fair, it's not as heavy as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's actually, it's okay. And I did not mind him that much. I didn't either. I I, I thought he worked. I liked him. Yeah. And you you know what everybody's going like hard in on really hating that I did not mind at all. Mm. The whole oxygen bubble under the water that Mara did. We're being pedantic here. I'm like, you know what? Sound doesn't travel through water. Yeah, well... If they want to talk, they need oxygen. Here's the problem with that, and it's not a problem for me. I don't care, right? I thought Here's the problem. What what, what came out is that the way that they talked in Justice League is not going to be the way they're going to communicate in... The Aquaman movie. Oh, it's going to be different? Okay. So well, so you got a continuity flub there. Yeah. But here's the thing. No one cares. I don't care about that. Yeah. Nobody cares about that except for like the uber nerdy pedantic people. Yeah. Um, what else didn't we like? Uh, I, I, uh, what else didn't the we The Russian like? family. Get out of Dodge, man. Just... Like they were, they were, they gave them all that screen time, and they were unlikely survivors amongst the the parademons were shown to be like terrible killing machines yeah. for kind of anyway. They didn't get to these people. I mean, I get that you don't leave the house because if you leave the house, clearly you're going to die. But do we have to see that for like more screen time than Superman had? Well, not only that, but like all they were there for was to set up the joke later. Yeah. They were just there for that joke. We're, and ironically, the joke they set up, they never paid off. When the girl got the bug spray. Oh, well, there's that. You're not going to pay that? Come that's on. That's not the joke I meant. No, no. I, I, the joke yeah. I meant was when the Flash saves them, but then Superman flies by with an apartment <laughs> building. That's so great. That's all that was. That's all it was. But you know what? Show them for like two scenes left and it's worth it. The joke was still great. It was. It was. Um... I guess that's something we liked. What else didn't we like? I mean, we've covered a lot of the base. It's yeah. it's it's not it's a coherent. Got that, it's not a coherent movie. It's not coherent. There's it's very scatterbrained. Yeah. Um. Zack Snyder has some tells, my friend. Zack Snyder, you pointed this out to you me. You know what one of his big tells is? It? The butt. Oh, he loves Gal Gadot's butt. Now I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because <laughs> you know let's just be honest. But my God, man, there are like. It is several shots. Staggering how many shots she has shot from behind at a low angle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I never realized it until you pointed it out. And then you pointed it out. I could not see it. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. He's got kind of a thing. Yeah. Um. 
So I guess if I was going to say, I'm not really sure what shots were which with, with Whedon and, and, and shots Snyder. Shots color, but, Whedon. Shots without color, Snyder. Well, it gets hard to tell sometimes, to be honest with you. Um, the quippy stuff I'm going to assume was Whedon. Yeah. I don't, but then again, maybe not. I, I know, I mean, I know Snyder took a lot of that criticism from Batman versus Superman, and I'm sure Warner Brothers told him, look, you got to lighten this up a little bit. Yeah. So it's going to be hard to tell what is what, and I don't know that we'll ever know for sure. But in any case, um, it is a very drastically toned movie. There's there's just tonal shifts all over the place that don't make a lot of sense. Um, and I think the problem with the movie too is that like you know they had a, they were they were fighting an uphill battle because the foundation that they laid with these previous films, the previous films were all dreary messes. Now all of a sudden we're trying to be quippy and jokey and cheerful and brightening things up a little bit. It's 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 a it's a lot to overcome. They try though. And I say that to their credit, they try yeah. because they kind of succeed. Kind of. Yeah, they're they're moments of genuine lightheartedness. Um, I'm trying one to of which of, is not a grave digging scene. Um, okay, okay, let's before we get to the good the good stuff, the grave digging scene. <sighs> All right, look. Okay. Let's get this out of the way. You you know Superman. There are so many look, other ways you could have brought Superman back than the way you decided to do it. Right. Even if your premise of bringing him... Okay, the premise of bringing... They basically Frankensteined him. The premise of bringing him back is fine. The mother box creates life to some degree, so we're going to regenerate Superman with it. Okay, fine. From like an explanation standpoint, that works. But what you don't do... What you don't do... <laughs> is set that up and then have two characters dig up his corpse yep and carry the casket into like and then take his body out and put it yeah. in the, oh my god it was so weird so just and it wouldn't be a show if we didn't say it not for nothing yeah <laughs> um you've got flash and cyborg digging up superman yeah First off, Flash is digging him up very slowly yeah, he, for what he's he, capable he, he of doing. He could do that a lot faster. Second off, Cyborg, I believe, is capable of morphing his appendages into... Shovel apparatus? There you go. Okay. <laughs> More like a bulldozer apparatus, sure. something like that. Sure. Two scoops of raisins, buddy. Get that sucker out of there. Well, I think they established he didn't have full control of himself, which conveniently... Uh, happens when superman is resurrected by the way he suddenly he can't control himself and yeah. shoots at superman that whole little sequence was a little stupid can I we talk about batman for a moment sure batman was not done well in this movie you don't think so whereas with batman versus superman after i was seeing it i was like wow that was garbage but i would like to see a ben affleck batman in a movie that Zack snyder has nothing to do with okay what didn't you like about batman here he seemed uncertain of himself okay he seemed confused at times. Okay. He him saying that uh Clark is a better human than he is. Yeah, no, there's a nope. lot of Yeah. Nope. Yeah. There's a lot of unearned and that that's again, that comes back to the the, the bad foundation we have laid. Yeah. And them trying to course correct it now. You haven't earned that. There I know what you're trying to do, but you haven't earned it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it if your previous two movies established that better, then he can say that. But here, it's like, dude, you tried to kill the guy in the last movie. Like, brutally. We made yeah. a movie about it. Like, a very, uh, like, Batman and Quips, there's a very fine, razor-thin line to be walked there. Okay. 
And like there were times where they got it right and there were times where they got it wrong. Okay. Time where they got it right is, you know, when Aquaman, I can't remember what he said to Batman when he's riding on the Batmobile. Batman's like, at least I didn't bring a pitchfork. Yeah, yeah. That's a very on-character thing for Batman to say. Okay. When Superman says to Batman, you know, I guess you really do like me, and Batman just kind of fumbling over his words saying, I don't, not, not, that, no, just, that's no. Just, that's That's Whedon. Yeah. I'm going to put that out there right now. That's, that, that's, that, that's, yeah. a, that's a Whedonism. That just didn't work for, that's fine. for the character. Um, I'll, 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 Incoherent but, story, terrible visuals, I'm not gonna, all the characters If land. I can, though, when it comes to Batman, what you didn't like about him, his uncertainty and all that stuff. I'm going to defend this now. Listen to me. Oh, my God. From a story standpoint, I'll defend that because he, in a point in the movie, does say to, well, Diana tells him, or he tells her, I can't do this forever. Or she says to him, you can't do this forever. And he says back to her, I can't do this now. Batman's at the end of the line here. Yeah. And that's a problem because you just established the Justice League, which yep. goes back again to Batman versus Superman and Zack Snyder's raging mad on to make a to make a dark knight returns movie instead of setting up the universe for the future warner brothers should have stepped in there uh now we have old batman and he's ready to hang it up yep so how do you go forward with them see see planning the biggest problem i see in all these in this movie lack of planning Yes, Warner Brothers has. It's clear to me now. They they are flying by the seat of their pants with every film. They have a ship without a captain. Yes, absolutely. They've got a whole bunch of people doing stuff, and no one's at the top. Like going like, you do this, you do this, yeah, you do this, and we're gonna, and then we're gonna reach our destination. There is no destination in sight. They have like a whatever five or ten year plan for what movies are coming out, but they have no plan for what's happening in these movies. Correct. It's just a total scattershot mess. Um. All right, I think that covers everything we did not like about it. Oh, the convenient, lame way they deal with Steppenwolf, too, by the way. Spoilers. With Superman Sup- beating him up? He shows... That's No, Superman shows up and starts beating him up, but then like the way the parademons turn on him because now he's afraid and they smell fear, that's hokey by yeah. comic book standards. Yeah, and then I he think- magically gets beamed away... With no explanation, he just does. I think, like, once it's that clear that, that Stefan Wolf has failed, you have a golden opportunity to give us the ever so slightest glimpse of Darkseid. Sure. Yanking him back to Apocalypse. Yeah, it was pretty weak the yeah. way they. That was, that was lame, dude. That was real lame. Yeah. Um, And one more thing I did not like. What's up? And this is like the post credit scene. Let's just get okay. to, let's just get to yeah, it now because I didn't like it. Here's yeah. why I don't like it. Number one, Jesse Eisenberg is back as Lex Luthor. Yeah. Oh God. Okay, we're gonna commit to this guy. Okay. I have no real opinion on Deathstroke. He, I think he looks great. He looks cool. He looks off the page. That's fine. That's and that's uh, cool. That's Joe cool. Magnella, great. Yes, is great casting. That's great. He looks he looks cool. Here's the problem. I just watched a movie. Where the Justice League and Superman dealt with a god yeah. and beat him. You're going to tell me... You don't lead with the fourth world new gods and then go to Legion of Doom. You're going to tell me that now I'm supposed to be afraid of Lex Luthor, Jesse Eisenberg iteration, mind you. Yeah. And and this guy with a, with a 
with, dude with, with, with the sword. Dude with the sword. They're going to be a threat to the league. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, I believe you. I mean, come on, man. That's it's a little. It's the problem that DC runs into the Marvel doesn't always have is that. I mean, like with the exception of Thor, the DC characters always regarded as gods. Yes. And that can be problematic, but it can also work to their benefit. Yeah. And here's herein lies where it's problematic, because as James T. Kirk once said, why does God need a starship? Kind of like that. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's talk positive. Yep. Because believe it or not, I have positive things to say here. Here's where I think they can fix all of this. There are points in this film when the teamwork stuff jibes really well. It it works. And there are points in this film where I'm because I'm you know you you are going to mentally compare and contrast to the Avengers whether you want to or not. You just you just will. It's what we know. Where I see these these characters on the screen in their costumes together, and they look very different than, than the Avengers look. They look more fantastical. They look more comic booky, for lack of a better word. They just look a little more in a good way. In a good yes, in a good way. And when they start steering into that aesthetic, and when they start really putting forth uh, the worlds that they inhabit. Because the the Avengers world is our world. Yeah, it's the world outside your window. Is Joe Quesada like slightly different rules? Slightly different rules and a little more tech. But by and large, the Marvel flicks take place in the real world, right? In Justice League, there's parts when we're in Gotham, and it's so Gothamy. Yeah, it's like blatantly Gothamy. Then there's parts where like in Atlantis, and it's like, oh, we're in Atlantis now. Then we're in Themyscira, and we're in Themyscira now, and it's all very fantastical. And none of it's played for laughs, and none of it's played, you know, I'm not saying it's played super serious either. Yeah. It's just presented, and it that works. Yeah. And when they're just kind of being DC Justice league on screen together, yep. wow, it, it, it works. This is our world. It looks like your world, but it's not. Kind of. It, you, like This is our world, a world where places like Gotham and Themyscira and Metropolis can exist. Still pisses me off that Gotham and Metropolis are separated yeah, by a bay. That's never going to make sense to me. But for what, it, especially since it never stops raining in Gotham ever, and the sun never comes out, but in Metropolis it's sun. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, but Gotham looked great. Yeah. Like J.K. Simmons as Gordon, fantastic. I like it a lot, actually. Um, hearing those little twinges of that Batman theme, I know you don't like it. But I wasn't crazy about. Here's it. the thing, though. Hearing it, it just with that visual, this aesthetic I'm talking about, and yeah. that song when it kicks in, it it made me feel like that's what I want this to be. Like, I, it, like it's almost like. It's almost like watching a live action adaptation of the Batman animated series. Yeah, no, or I or, or, that. or Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, that's what they should do. Yep. And when that those parts of the movie happen, I literally was sitting there going, "Like, see this? I I want to see." 
Yeah. Not the rest of this dreary business. And you try and you try and play it realistic or whatever. Well, Gotham is your bright point. (laughs) No, it wasn't just Gotham, though. Like, there's points when the league is together doing stuff. No, I know what you're saying. And it's like when Superman shows up and he's radiant in color now, by the way. Oh, yeah. And he's full on Superman. They they fixed Superman. They fixed Superman in a big bad way. Not only did they fix Superman, they fixed him in less than 10 minutes of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. He... And all he had to do was smile and like look like he was having fun being Superman. Yeah. That's all he had to do. Yeah. And just, you know, I believe in truth and justice and punches the bad guy and making quips about, you know, okay, yeah, I actually wish I was dead now. Just, <laughs> um, it's... He's great. It is finally a Superman that... You're gonna snicker, but it is finally Superman that gives us hope. Yeah, it it you're it's for real. It's you're being hokey. You're it's, you're you're using wordplay here, but it's true. It's yeah. like wow, that's Superman. That's actually Superman there. Yeah. Um, and like, it's like again, it's, it's Superman. In the moment they say, you can pinpoint the moment they saved him because. He's just shown up at this gigantic fight that the fate of the world hinges on. Yeah. And it's clear that he is the tipping scale in this fight. Mm-hmm. But moments after he shows up in the fight, he realizes there are people in danger. Yep. And he goes to save them. He sure does. And you can you can be cynical about it and say, you know, it's overcompensation from everything that happened in Man of Steel. Oh, it absolutely is. But and that, still. And that's fine. But it's overcompensation we needed. Yep. Yeah, we yeah. needed to see Superman saving people. And he does. And he, he a whole building. A whole apartment building <laughs> just hikes it up on his back. Um, um, yeah, it's, the film feels like a comic book. And I say that in the most good, positive way. It has that comic book fun to it at times. So like you said, when, when they're steering into the DC comics-ness of it, it's... You see a lot that they can build on moving forward, that, and that's what I'm. That's that's what em, I'm getting. At. Embrace your world for what it is. Don't try and cram it into the real world. And that's because the problem. Marvel already did it, and they've done it better since their inception in the comic. Yes, books. DC has always been a little more fantastical. Yeah, one foot in reality, one foot in fantasy. Look at their locales. Look, look no further than, than their locales. Gotham, Marvel, Metropolis, right. Marvel Star is, City, Coast City, these are Fawcett City. These are not real places. Yeah, Marvel has been New York. Yep, right, New York, right, Westchester, right, real, you know, real, and 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 so like. It's when, funny that we say this in the next Marvel film is taking place in a made up country. That's fine. No, hey, hey, <laughs> look, I know. But but on the foundation of everything that we've seen yeah. before, um, where was I? Gonna, uh, where was I? I? I lost my place, man. I'm sorry. Uh, the foundation of the Justice League movie, unfortunately, was placed on Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, which are not that tone. They are not yeah. that fan. Th- th- look, Man of Steel, like it or not, tried to put Superman in a modern, and I'm air quoting, but I'm not really air quoting, real context. Yeah. they. I mean, they did. They tried to make yeah. a real movie with Superman in it. Kind of, and, they, then, and then Batman vs. Superman was the next step of that. Yeah. 
They, they this, asked in Man of Steel. They asked an interesting question of what would today's world reaction to Superman be? Right. They asked the question and they answer it in Batman versus Superman. The problem is you're not putting Superman in that equation. You're not letting the character be the like even the f- Batman says in this movie the beacon right. that he should be. Putting that character, like the Christopher Reeve Superman, the idealistic, hopeful Superman, into that question, into that world, makes for a much better story than what they actually did. Right. Um, I'm trying to think what else we liked. The the scene, the big, like, I mean, yeah, you can say what you will about the visual effects, but the, the scene where they're telling about the first time Steppenwolf came to Earth and the big battle... You know, the armies of Atlantis, the armies of Themyscira, the armies of gods and men. You know, we see a Green Lantern. That was kind of neat. In that scene. We did. And, and, did we see Shazam in that scene? Oh, God, I don't know. The dude that was shooting the lightning at him? Oh, did we? I don't know. Like, you can argue it was Zeus, maybe. I'm going to say Zeus, because he's one of the old gods, and the old gods are gone, and the new gods are coming. So, I'm going to... Especially when you consider Wonder Woman, which again, I just saw on the plane, so I can reference this yeah. now. Uh, Zeus is one of the old gods, and Ares, didn't he kill all, all the old gods? Or, something like Something that. like that. So I, I'm going to go with Zeus there. Yeah. Um, that Green Lantern inclusion was kind of interesting, because like, it's subtle, but it's there. It's a Green Lantern. Yeah. Okay. And now, yeah, it's a Green Lantern that gets killed, yeah, and, the ring, and the, the ring, ring flies goes away. off to, yeah, to yeah, find. Yeah, yeah. It does introduce an interesting plot hole, though, um, and... and Again, this, these movies and plots. So these mother boxes are so powerful and they're so dangerous because they can open up a door to apocalypse, right? Yeah. Good thing they kept them all on Earth. Yeah. Hey, Green Lantern, why don't you take one back to space? Yeah. Just I'm just going to put that out there. Anyway, back to stuff we liked. That was kind of neat. Um, like I think you miss a real like I know you're you say you're planning a Green Lantern Corps movie yeah but you miss a real opportunity in this movie to reintroduce the Green Lantern I have expected not, him to show up at a certain point not I was hoping for a post credit scene yeah yeah not in the form of any of the Green Lanterns we know like Hal Jordan John Stewart Guy Gardner Kyle Rand none of those you do Abin Sur oh okay. And he dies at the end of the movie. Could do that, sure. And then the ring goes off. And then you've got your perfect setup to reintroduce. Pick whatever one you want to use. Let's go with John Stewart. We, I'm a Hell Jordan guy, but I'm okay with John Stewart as well. I think we got to put Hell to bed for a little while, just because of Ryan Reynolds' factor and all that. Let's let's do something new and exciting. Let's put John Stewart in there, just oh. for the sake of new. Um, that was cool. Uh, Superman's ability to be as fast as the Flash. That was clever. Because uh, we spend the movie setting up that Flash is fast and no one can see him because he's so yeah. fast. And then when Superman comes back to life and the Flash is going to like run around him and do whatever he's going to do. The, the and one Superman moment, looks over like, dude, I see you. The Get one moment here. I didn't mind the Flash was his reaction that he was scared that like oh crap right look on his face and while we're talking about that the first post credit scene that was adorable yep and i didn't expect it superman race that's fantastic that's fan service i can appreciate right there and you know it's funny in the uh you're you probably gonna balk at it because it's jeff johns but jeff Uh johns had an instant 
in with like one line where he put that entire debate to rest of who was faster. Because like in Flash Rebirth, mm-hmm. when they brought Barry Allen back, yeah, Barry Allen's trying. If I remember the story correctly, Barry Allen is trying to outrun death the black racer yep okay um and trying to channel the speed force somehow but he knows he's gonna die if he does it properly and superman is flying next to him and he's trying to help he's trying to stop him so he can help him yeah and he's like he's like you can't get away from me we've raced a bunch of times and and you know i've even won a couple of those and barry just looks over and goes oh clark those were for charity (laughs) and then just shoots on ahead of him so yeah barry the flash is faster than superman I, well, I would say the Barry Allen Flash is faster than Superman. My my Superman defense goes up. I just say Superman's as fast as he needs to be for any given story. So we'll let's put that in there. I I don't really care who's faster to be honest with you. I just like the fact that they included that in the yeah. movie. That was great. Yeah, that they it did. was that was a real that was a great nod to that was the fan service that's been lacking. Yeah. In, um, like the moments of fan service in the previous films leading up to this. Even even in Wonder Woman, which I think is a really good movie, are few and far between. Yeah, they don't. They don't like give Suicide you a Squad had like one brief moment of fan service where you see Harley Quinn in the classic costume, right? Other than that, the movie's just not good. Yeah, um, yeah. There's not a lot of fan service to be found. People and, like fan service once in a while. Yeah. Man. Um, I, I've, I think I've, I've said what I, what I liked about this movie. When they, when you get, when you get those parts where it all just seems to work, hard to explain, but it, you just, you, you'll know when you see it. Yeah, I knew, I re, I saw it unfold on screen, and I, I was like, that right there, do that, just do that yeah. more, just keep doing that. Just, uh, Alfred's great. I love Jeremy yeah, Irons as Alfred. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, uh, look, I'll be honest with you, man. I don't even mind Affleck as Batman. I kind of like I, him. I kind of like, like him as Batman. I like Affleck as Batman. I just don't like the way they're handling the character. Correct. I don't like him as old man Batman. I, I don't like him as Batgun. Well, there's that too. Yeah, the gun factor. Yeah. But what you but I love like at the end of the movie where like he finally goes back into Wayne Manor and is looking to set it up as... Like, he talks about the table yeah. with the chairs. Yeah. So I, I really... It's so like we've always said, we want these movies to be good. Absolutely. And I'm hoping I'm hoping that after this, after they've seen what doesn't work, and they can move on and take a different approach. I guess my question would That being said, will there be another box office? I was just going to say that. Yeah. Will there be another um, one? A typically a superhero film I'm not even saying Marvel. I'm just saying superhero films in general because all the previous DC movies leading up to this have they've made bank. They clearing a hundred million in an opening weekend is a given. Sure. The initial estimates for Justice League were I think around 120, 130 million. Then as it got closer, they dumbed it down to like 110 million. Mm. Then I think on Saturday they dropped it down to 96 million. Ooh. Then I think it dropped one more time to like ninety two million, and it got over ninety two million. But I don't think it broke ninety six million for an opening weekend. That's got to be seen as a disappointment. A huge disappointment. It's doing well. 
internationally. Yeah, I think I. And I we live I in a world now where you have to take international box office into consideration. I should have told you this up front on the uh, the start of the show. Um, I saw more advertisements for this movie in Thailand than I did here. Yeah, I saw a lot of advertisements for it in Thailand. Yep, a lot. Um, and I can see. Because, like, you have Universal that's scrapping their monster universe after one big flop. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's flop and there's not performing to expectation. I don't think this film is a flop. I think it's just not performing to expectation. Right. So we'll see where they're willing to go beyond Aquaman. Because Aquaman is done and in the can. Yeah. Um, and I guess that- next up is Suicide Squad 2. Mm-hmm. Which they recently announced that that's what they're going to use to introduce Black Adam. Uh, there's no, there are very few worlds in which you can convince me in a multiverse universe. I'm not going to say there's no worlds, but there's very few worlds where you can convince me or Suicide Squad's a threat to Black Adam. Um, I, is there a demand for a Suicide Squad too? Really? Who's clamoring for that? I think aside from Batman versus Superman, Suicide Squad was up until Wonder Woman was the best one overall, both domestic and internationally, that performed. And it gives you an excuse for more Harley Quinn. Uh, a bankable character. I think they, like, you sign... Yeah, I know. In the, in the world we live yeah, in now, yeah, where yeah. you're making a, you know extended universe, you sign these people for multiple films. Oy, I, that's, a, that's a flimsy reason to make, make a second movie that... Listen, I said it from the moment they announced it. I am not opposed to a Suicide Squad film, but you don't do it as early as they did it. No. You open each film with somebody who's eventually going to be a member of the Suicide Squad. Sure. You open the film with them getting caught. Something like that. Sure. And then, like, later on down the road, like, the Suicide, like, if they were doing it like Marvel does it, and they did, like, solo films leading up to Justice League. The Suicide Squad should be the first film after Justice League. I don't think they need to copy Marvel. And especially after seeing... I'll tell you what. Especially after seeing Justice League, uh, I definitely don't think they need to copy Marvel. No. I see, do your own thing. I just see, do it well. There is a viable way for them to do things and do it well. And I, yeah. be, and I believe that now. I, I mean, I really do. Justice League showed it to me. Mm-hmm. In, in, in glimpses. It's there, though. If they choose to accept it, it's yeah. there. Uh, really quick, another thing that I really liked, even though I know you're not a fan of this scene, the um, the initial Wonder Woman scene, yeah, with the the terrorists showing up with the bomb and whatnot, right? The Elfman score during mm. that scene is extremely Elfman-y. It <laughs> took me back to like Batman and Batman Returns. Yeah, the score was kind of understated, and for an Elfman, for the sco- most part, it's it was. pretty stock. Hollywood score, yeah. Which for but Danny, for that scene, for, like if you if you for were to Danny watch, Elfman, I I, I, yeah. I want more than that. If you were to watch that movie again, I would say pay attention to that scene. Okay, like okay, Elfman's doing what Elfman does in, in that, that one scene. in that scene. Yeah. Okay, I I prefer him to do his thing across the board. But, yeah, um, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know know what else I really want to say here. Um, it's it's got glimpses of of what could be. Whether or not they choose to go down that route, whether they're going to get the opportunity, I don't know. Are you hopeful? Are you more hopeful for the future of DC comic book films now than you were before you saw the film? Yes and no. 
Yes, because I've seen what I think is a way forward that I'd like to see more of. But no, because I don't know that this is going to be viable enough at the box office to justify them doing it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. And, and then not to mention, eh, let's, I'm just going to, I don't want to, I don't want to pick on people too much here, but the fan reaction to this movie from that sect of fans that want this Zack Snyder cut because they feel that Justice League has been undermined by Joss Whedon's lighthearted tendencies. Is that going to steer the ship back to the darkness? Because, like, I, I mean, seriously, is Warner Brothers yeah. going to look at the underperformance of this movie and go, like, we were doing better when we were doing it dark? I don't think so. God, I hope not. I think ultimately something like a Zack Snyder cut or an extended cut gets, like, a DVD release. Yeah. But, you know, did... When they released the extended version of Batman Superman, did you hear a huge outcry for, you know, Snyder to be the, still the guiding force? No. Yeah. <laughs> but now that he's a martyr, kind of. You know what? I I don't think he's a martyr. Well, I don't I know better, but to these fans, he is. Yeah. He, he, look, the guy willingly stepped aside cuz his daughter committed suicide. Yeah, I mean, okay? we're not the, the situation no, I, which it happened, I would not wish on anyone. No, but I want to be clear about this. That's why he left. But to these people, they think he was shoved out the door. Yeah. They think they he was kicked off the movie. I, I think, don't get me wrong, I think once he left, Warner Brothers kind of slid the latch across the lock behind him. And that's their prerogative. But let's be clear about motivations here. Yeah. Snyder left justifiably yep so let's not pretend that he's some victim of the studio you know casting him aside yeah for the new hotness and i don't think see i like the 300 movie i like the Watchmen movie i think there's there's fantastical stories out there that Zack snyder can tell and tell well i just don't think these are no he was a bad fit I, from the start i don't think these fit for what the tone should be, yeah, they don't fit for his style. No, he was, he's got a good style. He can put a beautiful picture on the screen. Yeah, but that, it just doesn't fit in with the tone of what he's trying to interpret. He can put a good picture of, but he can't make a movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He can make a movie. He's yeah. a very visual director. It doesn't that, but you know, there's more to a movie than just like that looks cool. And I feel like, bro, it looks cool. <laughs> That's Zack Snyder 101. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to dwell on the negative yeah. here. I honestly, there are positive things in this film to like, and if they can kind of figure that stuff out and embrace it, then maybe they got something. Yeah, honestly. But again, I fear that it's too late, and maybe they're not gonna. Get, yeah, get, and I don't want chance. it to be too late. I know. I know. You know, I want to see the first trailer to Aquaman, and I want that to get me really excited. Like they're clearly they're not holding anything back because like the villains are going to be ocean master and black manta okay like what what's his rogues gallery after that you're clearly not saving anything (laughs) for aquaman too um so yeah well want to be good there you go i i don't know that i have hope but 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 i have i'm a little more optimistic than i was put it that way okay 
There, there, I, there you go. I am uh, hopeful. Final thought. Final thought. Final thought. Final thought. Final thought final, I'm sorry. I, I wanted. I, it came back to me. I wanted to say this. Here's the problem as I see it. Ultimately, the ultimate problem. Okay. The Avengers was a culmination of all this stuff, but and the Avengers are you know a big deal, right? And the Avengers also had the advantage of getting there first. They did. That's fine. That's fine. That's getting all. being right. that thing we had never seen before. Right. Here we're talking about the Justice League. Yep. The big guns. Mm-hmm. What this movie is and what it should have been are very different. The yep. Justice League movie should have been a, an event, okay? The Justice it League should movie. have been everything you've ever wanted, ever. And it's it's not even close. Yeah, it's just not even close. Not in story, not in execution. It just it's totally free. Like in a way, it's totally forgettable. It's a platform for other stuff, and that's and maybe that's all it is. Yeah, and the that's Justice not League what it movie should be. should be in that conversation of films that I think will hit one billion domestically. You're looking at it from, from but a, it's not sure financially. I, I get your saying. I'm just saying from a from. Well, a, it's like you said a, earlier. People vote for the, with their wallets. Yeah, and I think if if if, if it's underperforming, then DC's rep has caught up with it, and they're they are. Yeah, and that's and then in, in in a way that's kind of a shame because I think again, there is stuff here. There really is. There is stuff in this movie that 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 I want to work, but. We'll see if it does. All right, I'm done. I've I'm, I've I've gotten it all out there. <laughs> you know, like Peter Griffin in the movie theater. Done. <laughs> no, I'm not even angry. I'm not even angry. No, no, that's fine. I think you know, I like, thought I would loathe this movie, and I really and I didn't. Yeah. I really didn't. I was more disappointed than I was like upset. Yeah, honestly. So, and I came out with positives more than I thought I'd have. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Despite being a terrible film, not a dumpster fire. No. I I would say if if you want to see it, maybe ultimately wait for Redbox or Catch a Mad Sure. But, I mean, I'm telling you that there is stuff to like in it, but it's, it's just not a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Don't go out of your way. But if you are ha- if you have the same reservations and concerns about the dark, dreary murderverse, this will alleviate some of that and mm-hmm. show you some stuff that you can go, oh, okay, yeah. It just happens to be in a movie that is not that good. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. Now, done. Yeah, <laughs> done. Okay, folks. Marathon, a- man. That was a big one. Uh, if you have any questions or comments that you like, shoot us. Uh, you can follow us, find us at the following locations. You can go to Twitter at Devils Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devils Do Pod. You can email us at the Devils Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devils Do Podcast.com. Uh, whew, we are we are back after a bit of a hiatus. I know it was it was longer for us than it was for you guys. Uh, we appreciate you coming back to us. We would also really appreciate uh, sharing new episode announcements, retweeting uh, things of that nature would be fantastic. 
And next week, we're going to get into Punisher and see how we react to that. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome back, Frank. Thanks. My name's Drew, by the way. Well, no, I was talking about the the Punisher. Oh. But welcome back to you. Thank you. Back at it. Tired. (laughs) All right, we're back. All right. Court's adjourned. Going to bed. <laughs>